Benikim is a local cafe owner who has had an absolutely incredible educational journey. He discusses how it felt jumping on a plane in grade one and studying in several different countries, including Australia, New Zealand, Malaysia, China, Ghana, and the United States. Bennett has seen and done it all. This lad is resilient and has the resume to prove it. He is definitely not the stereotypical millennial. Hope you enjoy the ride. Keep in mind, Benny now runs an independent cafe in Ulsan called Beans Talk that is now available to rent for private functions. It's a great space for birthday parties, board game nights, uh, going away parties, or just a good old dinner party if you don't have the space in your um, in your apartment to host. Uh, if you're interested, you can call 010-4028-6146 for any inquiries. This episode is brought to you by the one and only K-Art by Juju, traditional Korean abstract art created by Ulsan's Juju Park McNally. This is just the thing that you need to cover one of those bare walls in your house. Check out all of her remarkable work on any of the social media platforms. Worldwide shipping is available and a 10% discount for the first person to place a custom order for a piece that says Juk Juk Bang Bang. You are now tuned into This Korean Life with your hosts, Brian and Nate. Yeah, my father was a business, like international businessman. So what happened was uh, my parents wanted me and my brother to speak English so he can kind of help, like we can kind of help out. But to be honest, I think my dad and mom, they're like crazy lovebirds. They just kind of didn't want that kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> just wanted to make kids and not have the kids around. Right. <laughs> well, they I mean, their own little thing. Were they traveling as well or were... No. So they are here. Just me and my brother. Whoa! Right. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get into that. How does it work? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. Hold on a second. <laughs> you want to uh, I'll get it. Dine and mingle December eleventh. Like you're the you're the. I mean, from your online, what I know from your online, you're the guy that should be doing this. There, I think there's a huge business here that you could do. Yeah. But I mean, if you we're just talking about that a little bit before, but uh, <laughs> all the foreigners left. That's another thing. Uh, there's still enough to God, and the the part now is that foreigners aren't so segregated. That now, if I come, I bring my wife and two of her friends, uh-huh. or he brings three of his colleagues from Eunice, maybe two Koreans and a lab mate or something. So it's not so segregated anymore. Where before it was kind of like this Watch is up. for foreigners, uh-huh. this is for Koreans. Right. But now it's a lot more. Oh, gotta reveal the fucking. It's Picasso. a lot more. Uh, <laughs> Well, integrated, mixed, so it's a lot easier. I think. Why can't like any of the foreign places? I mean, nobody shows up with just the, uh, me and my foreign buddy. Or the, Every, everyone's got a couple other buddies that the come. Projectors so. coming. Uh huh. Okay. Sorry, this was the menu options: buffalo chicken, seafood bisque, garnish with spring onion. Like, I mean, these are off the Mandalay Bay there in Singapore hotel. Gordon Ramsay marinated mozzarella and tomato salad. Sweet potato hash with caramelized leeks and crispy ham. Like, people in Ulsan eat this stuff? It is like Gangnam style, man. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> Rosemary infused pumpkin soup with toasted seeds. Wow. Nice. I don't even know how to change that to Korean, though. And I, I was like, okay, I'll sign up for all of them. And then some guy goes, well, don't you have chicken wings? <laughs> what is this? Uh, he was going to do like a, a mix and mingle night. Oh, okay. Which I thought would have been awesome. And right. then. 
then all the comments there kind of got a little sidetracked. <laughs> 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 you like a tomato, so basil, to, pesto, to mama, and, and learn more about Bro, you. throw some wings in the fryer. Did <laughs> <laughs> you, you work for Ryan at all or no? Uh, right now, I'm still working for him. Oh, you're still I'm are? actually working for Dr. Engler right now. I'm the manager there. So. Uh, they sponsored were, us oh, last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, had like so, six yeah. of his guys on. <laughs> I'll keep leaving. <laughs> that works out. Wow. What the status of the cafe right now is part teaching, part private parties, if you want? Right. I actually get reservations from like, you know, group of people and they sign up. For a night, for a day, for a weekend, for how They usually tell me about like four hours to five hours. I keep it open. Okay. Right. So you just go there, open it up, and what, what are they are they eating? Are you cooking for them? Are they eating? If they want, what? yes. They tell me what like specific menu I can come up with. My but are they menu. coming to play poker or what are, what are, or it's a I saw them playing poker Girls and Night or what is it? Girls like to come and talk about the <laughs> yes. <board>. True. Stop <laughs> there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> The main reason is I just wanted a place where people can chill, you know, that was the biggest idea. <laughs> How big is it and what is the capacity? Well, I have like four big tables, so I, I could set up maybe up to 30 people. Okay, uh-huh. cool. Good and I just lock up the place so nobody, can, nobody else can come in. So. <laughs> nice. There you go. Mm. That's uh, that's advantageous too for COVID. Mm, you fun. could, you know, <laughs> spread okay. those tables apart. Let's mm-hmm. start and get sorted. All out. right. <clears throat> Welcome to another episode of This Korean Life, number 73, featuring the one and only Bennett Kim. Owner and operator of Beanstalk in Ulsan. This is the uh, currently private cafe that you can uh, you can rent space for you and your buds, or you and your girls on a girls' night. Go ahead over, give him a call. He'll cook for you too if you want. Five star menu. Welcome, man. It's nice. Uh, it's nice to meet you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I haven't. I've known you only from your your uh, eye opening, spectacular menus that you've posted on Ulsan online. Uh, Nate, can you can you uh, read a couple of those <laughs> a couple of those things there? Th- this was very shocking to see a menu like this pop up in Ulsan. It's not too often that we get a chance to eat uh, kind of sesame ginger cabbage slaw with pickled onions. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Asian styled Cuban sandwich with five spice pork, mozzarella, sweet pickles, and gochujang mayo. Jeez, I mean that, that's real deal stuff, man. I, w- I would expect that in Hyundai or Gangnam or somewhere else, but no doubt, not necessarily. In, in Ulsan, sesame soy glazed chicken with spring onion pilaf. Woo. One more here. What do I got? Rosemary infused pumpkin soup with toasted pumpkin seeds. Jeez, Louise. I mean, so there's about is, ten more, but yeah. And this was uh, this was part of your. I think it was around Christmas that you wanted to do this, right? right? Like this is year charade kind of thing. A community gathering mm-hmm. kind of thing. That's awesome, man. I love to see people in the community bringing people together, providing good service. This is awesome. Where did you learn how to cook all this wild shit? Are you just ordering it in? <laughs> well, you can find everything on the internet, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I had a great inspiration from one of my friends. Mm. Her name's Altoons. I don't know if you guys know. Uh, she left Korea now. But Her name is Altoons? Altoons, right. Altoons. Mm-hmm. Is that like an Instagram handle? Or that's <laughs> no, that's her name. Which was kind of funny. Okay. Yeah, it's her name. <laughs> anyway. You think she'd be in the music? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Keep going. All right. And um, well, I always liked to cook, even when I was young. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, what my first initial idea when I went to Canada after university was um, working in a restaurant to make some money. Mm. 
So I came back to Korea for summer holiday, and I learned how to like do Japanese cuisine.、Mm. So I got a certificate for that, and、um, I don't know. Just and I lived alone my whole life, so、mm. I had to cook for myself, and I just didn't want to eat ramen every day, you know. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it was a mean thing. Awesome, awesome. So, you, so what you're、yeah. saying is the other Korean men all want to eat ramen every day? Yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> while well, while a, coming a, here,、yeah. I saw a guy carrying like seven ramen boxes in his、yeah. hand. <laughs> <laughs> But that, that's what when when like my wife's friends or, or other people and they're like, "Well, why do you like to cook so much? Or why do you cook?" And because、uh, I don't want to eat, you know, gochujang and gochukado every day. I、mm. want to mix it up with all kinds of stuff that I'm familiar with. So, I mean, I make Korean infusion food too. But yeah. I mean that's why most men cook in Canada. Like the men that know how to cook is because they want to control what they're eating. All right, that's right. And and I don't want to depend on my wife and go, ah,、oh, this again. Oh come on. Oh, just make my own.、Mm-hmm. So that's how we all start cooking. Yeah, well, and yeah, just out of、uh, out of necessity. I mean, cooked a little bit at home, but once you move, you said you've been living、uh, living alone for a while, but. <clears throat> Once I moved here, that's when I had to step up the cooking game.、Um, <laughs> just, I was、uh, <clears throat> today my、uh, in my class. I'll teach about the alphabet sandwich. Have you seen this? What's an alphabet? An alphabet is <laughs> this is years ago, but I found the article. A guy made a sandwich. It was the alphabet sandwich, and it has a avocado, b bacon, c whatever, and it goes through the whole alphabet. Or Z. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Zebra meat. I think it's yeah. But I was look, I was looking up different、uh, different sandwich names, and I know you've been around the world,、um, and I got a couple sandwiches here. I want to test your、uh, test your knowledge, and these are sandwich names, not finishing moves at the、uh, at the room salon. <laughs> a juicy, <laughs> a juicy Lucy. Juicy Lucy. <laughs> How do you make it juicy? <laughs> <laughs> this is、oh, this is the hamburger with the <laughs> with the cheese inside,、no. right? Do you know Fluffernutter? Oh yeah, I heard something. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was doing on the weekend. <laughs> you know Fluffernutter? Fluffernutter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're familiar? It's like it's it's like, like Cuban, isn't it? No, no. Fluffernutter is peanut butter with like marsh. Like a imagine if you like melted down marshmallows.、Mm-hmm. It's like a marshmallow spread,、mm-hmm. like with, s'mores with peanut butter. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a s- s'more sandwich. S'more what?、Uh, <laughs> and、uh, have you been to Australia? Yeah, for a short while though. Ham dog. <laughs> In, instead of hot dog, you put ham inside. A ham dog. This is a, a hot dog wrapped in a hamburger,、oh. deep fried, and then topped with chili. French fries and an egg. True story. Juicy Lucy ham dog and fluffer nutter, all real sandwiches. Oh, that's a hard thing. <laughs> <Yeah> . <laughs> oh no doubt.、No. I think your your stuff sounds a little better than that. But anyways, um, <clears throat> dude, I'm I'm so interested in,、uh, with me and Nate having young kids, um, and and thinking about their education here, teaching elementary, middle, high school students. I can see. You know, elementary kids—they're—they're they're comfortable, they're happy. At the end of grade six, I don't know if it's such a good word to say puberty. puberty. That their, you know, their their mind changes, or if it's just the the life、knowing. gets serious in a hurry. It just it just stops and you ninety degree turn. Now you got to be real. Now it's, yeah, start for the rest of your life tomorrow. Yeah, and, and, and it's <laughs> tomorrow. No, it, it, it is, man. It's, it's a, not a smooth transition, right? 
Oh no! They have like no exams till you, a certain age, and then suddenly. But you know, they they push back the exams. They don't take them in grade one, middle school anymore. The whole the whole transition is weird. Girls go from wearing pants and t-shirts and being comfortable to everybody's in a skirt now. Right. Now body image Cut and, your all, hair. and dating mm-hmm. and all this stuff is all applicable. And how does it go from one? To, I mean, mm-hmm. it changes yeah. really. There's quick. no slow burn. It's a it's a hard uh, hard fork. Uh, but so anyways, I mean, we think about and talk about our kids education all the time is it is it good to send them here should we do a homeschool do you send them abroad well right. you know what's the what's the best thing a lot of a lot of children here i was saying earlier if they miss a day of studying they're all oh, they out their parents flip out yeah. and like oh you gotta catch up on this they're studying everything one year in advance as, as someone who's changed schools Multiple six times. seven times at yeah. least what I mean, what can you say coming out of that experience? Like, um, hmm. I actually honestly believe there's no real answers. There's no one answers. Like, there's no one answer to be grown up. You know, of course. And um, comparing with my with my friends, hmm. well, they all do well hmm. and they're all doing well now and yeah, everything. Yeah. But I always have something to talk about when I'm with my friends. You know, hmm. and um, and when they want to go somewhere, I can give them like tips where to go, what to do. Since mm. I lived there myself, it's always a great anecdote to talk about. Yeah. But if you ask a question about is it a right choice for me to send my ch- child somewhere else, mm. it depends on like every single child, you know. Like for me, I'm more extrovert. Mm. I, I like to talk to people. But I've seen some cases where they just go dark. Like he doesn't talk to anybody. Just yeah. Stays in the room all day. So. I mean, you you mentioned a little bit about homeschooling. Of course, homeschooling is not bad, but also going to school is not only about education; it's about the social, social life, right? Of course, yeah. And well, I have plenty of social thing in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Also, it also means that I haven't met a like true friend. Like, I can't really honestly tell you. I, I this this person will die for me, like mm. things like that. So. But I think that's in life, right? You get you get trade offs with every right. every step of the way. Every decision you make, right? You had, um, you know, you, you got to travel the world basically and, and experience a million different cultures at the expense of not making those deep, close childhood right. childhood that's friends. One of those, but, that's one of those questions. Is it better to have one or two best friends or lots of good friends? Hmm. And I'm kind of same. I've I've been a little bit all over and. I got friends all over the world, uh, and I don't know if I really have any. Same like like the Koreans, man. They oh, we're going out with my kindergarten friends. You're <laughs> sixty. Like how do you still talk to your kindergarten friends? Oh, we got a moim with our mil- elementary school friends, and they really cherish that bond here. I don't know. It, it's so strong. That's the culture here. But right. for me, I, I enjoy ha- knowing people in so many different countries and having someone to meet or whatever anywhere I go. But it, it's interesting. I've- uh, you remember Yuha, yeah, buddy. For uh, we met him in Thailand. Sounds familiar. With his, oh yeah, yeah. the Finnish Flash. Yeah. He, um, <clears throat> well, I met him through Nate when we were on vacation one time, and I met him again in Thailand. He's. Uh, I, I met him in Indonesia. You met Malaysia him, before the. Yeah, this guy's everywhere. <laughs> Very interesting character, but when I met him, you know, when I was uh, when I was in Thailand, he's. He, it seemed like. Um, I don't know, like, like a very close bond. I've known this guy for, I've seen him like a handful of times my whole life, but sitting down, having a deep conversation, I felt like almost he is a, you know, yeah. he is a... a what I was going mom. to say, like, there are some friends who you spend like 20 years with, but still don't feel like you hmm. know each other well, but yeah. then you just meet someone 
for That's, a month and it feels like you have known the quality quantity debate i mean same yeah. living at home with your family good morning bye bye hey have a good day yeah good night you take it for granted and then if you're away like like we all live away from our families then you appreciate the time you have together it means more no yeah. no doubt you left at eight right, right? when i was eight yes. after kindergarten so mm-hmm. like starting grade one right what was the catalyst what why did you leave how did you leave where'd you go and then just walk us through the the variety of countries that you you stopped at through your educational career there so when i was eight imf hit in korea that was you what imf oh okay imf hit korea so that was around time you know it was chaos right it was chaos so and also my parents was like okay you gotta go out experience the world so that's what happened and we didn't plan any of this our family were just scrambling so that's why i moved so so much in the beginning too mm. but um, they just said okay go to australia well they well at that time too my parents really didn't research like my daughter's eight uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like hey you're going to mexico tomorrow yeah. oh. <laughs> okay my dad said go to mexico so i left right. well i think my father had a friend in australia i was going to say that right. usually there's a cousin or some kind of connection or something mm-hmm. right so yeah so my father said just go they'll meet you there <laughs> <laughs> so you you left here and flew to australia by yourself at eight with my brother with mm-hmm. your how there, old's your brother uh he's three years Six. older okay <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> <laughs> take care he was 12 uh, right. and, uh so that that's 11 and 8 get on a plane go some guy you've never met right dad's friend's gonna pick you up mm-hmm well, How there's you, a there's a career service like there's a there's a, a career service. <laughs> they take me they coupon put, right. coupon in the coupon box. They put me in the little box, right? <laughs> no. but, but, but what? How did you, I mean? Do you do you recall those days or that moment in time? Like, I remember, shit, like I was scared shitless, or I was I was crying, but I felt better because the <laughs> woman who took me was very pretty. Nice. I kind of thought, yeah, yeah. I was like eight. So. In, in the magical land where you're going, they have ham dogs. <laughs> ham dogs. I, you know, I, and you probably you probably know the same from living in in Africa for a bit. Uh-huh. I mean, there or, or even Japan, they have that TV show. You said, you know, where kids can do way more than we give them credit for. I mean, I see these moms walking their kids to school, and I see them. They're like, "What grade are you in? Grade four? Why does your mom walk you to school <laughs> and carry your bag the whole way? Like, yeah. man, it's crazy. But, I mean, I got lots of pictures from Ghana and, and all over West Africa where, you know, three-year-old kids, you're an adult. Right. And mom's got a baby and another one in her stomach. Mm-hmm. So you take, you're three, four, you take care of the one-year-old. Right. And you strap them on your back mm-hmm. at three, four, five years old. Well, was it- and they provide, like, the mom's got nothing to do with the, with the one-year-old. Right. She's got another one in her tummy. The five-year-old's the full-on mother and carer for that kid. Was it Renee that was telling us if you can't cook, but like when he was living in Ghana, he's like at five years old. If you can't like cook your own breakfast, mm-hmm. like make a fried egg or get some shit out of the fridge, yeah. he's like you're you're done. <laughs> you know, there's no there's no, so, no chance. So to so in that way, I mean, I think yeah, the end of yeah. But I don't know about flying across the world by yourself <laughs> um, to meet to meet a random Joe. But yeah, anyways, keep going. Right. <clears throat> um, so yeah. I, I went with my brother, and um, I remember first night I was staying at their family's house, and they're Korean. They're Korean. Okay. Right. At the time, I I spoke like no English, so. Yeah. <laughs> um. At that time, so we walk. We went to this school their children went to. I remember they're a year older than me or something, and I just went there. It's like for a semester. So you don't have any any. Uh... More toxic memories or any kind of crazy memories of, 
you know, I got there. Lots of teachers that come here, they bring, they land, and then the next day they got to be in class. And they're like, whoa, I didn't even have a bed to sleep on, and I got to teach this morning. Mm-hmm. And, and they got a major culture shock. Moving in with a Korean family, obviously different, but right. you don't have any bad memories of, holy man, that was crazy, and I was I was terrified. Just pick me up and throw me in a new environment so fast. And right. Kids adapt well. I guess, yeah. My theaters are just... Yes and no. Put Tony at my house for two nights. I mean, <laughs> I mean it, no, they don't. If I sent my kid to go to your house for the night, she'd be going crazy. Yeah. They, you don't even sleep at grandma's half the time. Like, come on. How about your brother? Kids do adapt in, in times, but I think like the Syrian kids, the Afghanistan kids... The, the kids who have to rough it, they can adapt easily. Mm. Not these super coddled kids and, and our kids who are have these routines and comfort zones. The kids who adapt well, are kids who are there's always... a transition period, but I think they could be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Sink or swim, man. What are you, you going to cry every day? No, no, but, well, I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of kids don't... <laughs> would, would have horrible memories of something like that, maybe. Or, or you know, PTSD or something. Not if you're hand dogs for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> That's a soulful huh? <laughs> Well, my brother was actually, he didn't really care about me that much. But he, he no, Was it grow. his first time abroad as well? No, actually, when he was younger, he went to Canada for a couple months as a ski trip or something. I don't know. He used to be one of those um, peewee ski champion or something like that. Huh. So Cool. Before yeah. he was 11? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. It was just all out there. It's like my family is crazy. That's man. awesome. Yeah. But, um, actually, and also... Yes, I went. I, I remember some nights crying while I was young. I don't know what's going on, and nobody can understand me. Yeah. But like I said, there's a one year older, and uh, she kind of took care of me. She took me around her school, and she could speak English quite well too. So, and yeah, I remember it was okay. It was okay until I went to Malaysia. In the beginning of Malaysia, it was kind of rough for me though. Mm. But so you were six months in Australia, and then I went to New Zealand for a little bit, like a two weeks for a vacation. Okay, just right. to see, right? Just to see. Okay. How did you know, or how or why did you end up moving to Malaysia? Well, too many mad Kiwis. Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And also, Malaysia was cheaper too. But <laughs> oh, was that like dad phones up? Hey, your your membership's up. You're moving. Or how how does that work? Um, what happened was, um, my, my parents actually, and then I think at that six month, my parents kind of searched for like real nice, start, then, right? <laughs> no, started, okay. start, they yeah. started really late, I think. And they found this really nice place in, uh, Penang yeah. and, uh, it's a boarding school, but it's a Christian boarding school. So my parents thought, okay, that's a good idea. So why not go there? And at that time, okay. So I, I didn't know anybody there. So my parents took me that there themselves too. Were they? Are, is your family strong Christians? No. No. I think my mom's Buddhist. My father's atheist. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they came to Australia <laughs> to get you and flew to Malaysia, or <laughs> makes uh, sense. Or you came home. Christian. Oh uh, yeah, I think they took me from Australia to Malaysia. <laughs> we get some morals in this kid. Uh, we need your the... dad on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> my brother's Catholic. So. One more oh. question. Uh-huh. Uh, oh. Like, did your parents uh, encourage you to do outside home activities before you went abroad? Well, like, was mom sending... carrying your bag to UT1? <laughs> Not really. I don't think so. Because, like, I remember my parents used to go to work and I was kind of trained. Like, mm-hmm. I was trained to go to the shop to buy, like, little glo- groceries or, like, pay electricity bills, stuff like that. Yeah. When you were young? Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, 
eight or nine, something like oh, okay, that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, mom used to send us to the to the little mart with a gr- with a note that would say two tomatoes, half a kilo of ground beef, and something. Yeah, exactly. Else. Yeah, we would, we would go and do that stuff. So, did you do that when you were young, or was this like the first <laughs> just go <laughs> on experience? <laughs> No, I remember when I was young. I was uh, my parents raising me to be like quite independent, actually, mm-hmm. and um, I never went to this hagwon, so-called academies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so after school, my parents didn't look for me. At that time, I had no cell phone, mm. so I got home at nine o'clock. They're like, "Okay, you're home." I was I was like first grade, <laughs> <laughs> and um, actually, yeah, I had I had a good time when I was young. I just went around. I did whatever I like wanted to do. Mm. I went out. And I think that was a big part of my life. But that was probably also a lot more common then, right? At at that time, I think so too. In Korea, I mean, if you're thirty, yeah, twenty years ago, the hagwon wasn't everybody doing it all day. Yet. Right, but some students they went to like, sure, sure, piano, sure. Like, yeah. and things like that, and. It wasn't that much of a... Nowadays, if you don't go anywhere, like, they kind of look down at you. Yeah, you're weird. Right. (laughs) Like my kids. That's kind of the dilemma now, right? Like, you can't not send your kid to Agwan because he's alone. Otherwise, everyone else is going there. Right. Well, that's... that's I'm I'm fighting that, but... And mm-hmm. parents work, and they they got nobody to take care of them. They got no nanny system in Korea, so. Mm. But but hagwons are also a replacement for babysitters. I mean, or or mother or parenting because right. there are a lot of mothers at home who are just sending their kids. To, they don't all work here. There's actually a lot that don't. They need some free time. They want because the whole day <laughs> the whole day wasn't enough. <laughs> but I, it's just a lot of un unanalyzed beliefs, mm-hmm. right? That yeah. you know they. They're just a, a product of their of their environment, man. Where they, <clears throat> you know, everyone around them is sending their kid, keeping up with the Joneses or whatever. You know, this kid goes to piano. I gotta send my kid to piano. Oh, he's doing grade seven math. Fuck, my kid's gotta do it too. It's uh, a trend. Yeah, yeah. it creates all absolutely. Trend, so they didn't know anyone in Malaysia. They bring you there, and that was also boarding school. That was that was boarding school. Yeah. So they don't need to worry about anyone taking care of you. Just yeah, pay the room and board. Jesus watches you in the Christian, Christian school. Yeah, yeah. I'm in Christian school. <laughs> I could go. I, there's nothing could be going wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and you, so you stay there from what grade two? Uh, I was there grade at grade three now. Yeah. Grade three to grade eight. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a pretty stable environment. What was it like? It was actually quite fun, except for the beginning. There's no Korean there at all. So mm. there's, and my brother was already at that time. He was middle school. Mm. So, um, he actually used a different room and I was stuck with this, um, Malaysian guy and American guy. Mm. And it was kind of frustrating. So stuck because, with sounds like that's bad. Well, in the beginning, it was quite bad. <laughs> After a year or so, once I started to speak English, it was much better. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I still remember this episode where I wanted to go to the bathroom and I couldn't. I, could, I, I don't know where it is. I don't know how to ask him. So I just started holding my crotch, jumping up and down. Yeah. And they kind of got the, the, yeah, the yeah, message sure. across yeah. and they took me there. Nice. So I figured, okay, that works. So I just started to use body languages like all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's why I picked up English quite fast because I didn't rely on Korean at all. Like I couldn't, there's nobody to Because you have a reason. You have to. Right. It's to survive. Right. Throw you in the fire. And that's mm-hmm. how we learned Korean when we get here because nobody understood. It was to survive. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to order, if you wanted to date, if you wanted to buy something, you had to. Right. To bank, you had to know it. Right. But but now we kind of plateau because there's no more need. Need. We, we know what we need to do to get around every right. day and we lost the need. And mm. Papa goes. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, it's helpful. Yeah, it's helpful. Yeah. So I was actually it was half lucky, half unlucky, I guess. Was there other Korean students there? What was the what was the kind of demographic? It was an all English school. It was all English school, right? So was that like 
diplomats' kids from Malaysia or, or rich people? Usually or, minister or, kids. Ministers. Right. Like missionaries and all that, pastor's child, all that. Is there uh, <clears throat> it's heavy, heavy in the religion education? I, I, I went to a Catholic school, but it was kind of not really passive like, Catholic yeah <laughs> yeah. Like, it's Christmas we're still coloring pictures of Santa yeah. and whatnot. it had nothing uh, yeah passive Catholic I guess well, is good well I still remember like I remember there's Bible class every day so okay. it was kind not of full on pretty, yeah. Christian right <laughs> and every Sunday I had to go to this chapel and every Wednesday there's a prayer meeting going on and all that mm. so it was quite legit like Christian school yeah, I yeah. Think. How, how did those classes affect you or or what was their effect on you mm. going forward after that? Well, at that time, I was easily sucked in by all that. <laughs> if I was in a cult, I'll pre- pretty much be in a cult. Yeah, nice. yeah. But, um, <laughs> well, it's yeah. 10 years old. Right. You're, getting that, sure, yeah. you're getting it every day. They yeah. tell you God's real. Okay, the God's real. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know nothing else. You are not raised religious, mm, right? Right. <laughs> and, and also, it was kind of, I had to fit in. Mm. That's the first thing I learned. Every time I go to new places, I had to fit in because if not, I'll be sitting alone doing yeah, nothing, yeah. playing with dirt and all that. So, and they all went to chapel. I was like, okay, cool. I want to go to chapel. I'll get uh, a Jesus tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right across my chest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. But um, yeah, it was. It had an effect where, well, not too deep because I don't. I consider myself Christian now, but like passive Christian now because mm. I don't go to church. I rather actually work and make money on yeah. Sunday. <laughs> do you, uh, do you, while you were there, I mean, that's five years, was there any longing for Korea? Did you wonder what school was like back home or, or what you're missing? Or I remember, but I went back to Korea every summer vacation, uh-huh. like on a winter oh, vacation. Okay, okay. Right. I had to stay in the, in the dorm, hmm. but summer vacation was like two months long. Okay. So there was an abandonment. It, it was, was, it, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was, it was, he's coming back every time. So yeah. right, no, but year. I mean, I used to go away for hockey, so mm-hmm. I would go away, but you knew the end was here. Right. And you know, at this time you were going home to see your family and mm-hmm. stuff. And this was just for schooling. Right. But that, that's what I was trying, when I was messaging with you, I was trying to. Something's missing here. Like, I don't know if you just send your kids like that or like. But if you're coming back every time, you're just going for four months or whatever and coming home. Four months coming home. So well, once a year, or so like once every at least yeah two months. Ten years. Yeah. It was kind of cool. I still had to touch with my family, but also. What was it like coming back during those times? In the beginning, I thought it was kind of cool because I love to take the airplane when I was young, yeah. mm-hmm. and. It was like only seven hour long from Malaysia to Korea. It was not that long. And every time I came back, I got this shitload of money from my family. So nice. I said, Okay, you missed two songs, three birthdays, children's day, here's $10,000. Yeah. That was like, right. Go live in the academy. Don't spend any. I didn't go to the academy. And then I got back, nice. and currency with Malaysia ringgit, it's like so dirty cheap, right? Make it and uh, I could like flex <laughs> every time. <laughs> in grade three, in right, grade three. school, <laughs> golden Bible covers. Look, <laughs> we got a. What year is this? When um, you were in Malaysia? Year it was like year two thousand and one. Somewhere around there. Right? Yeah. So there is no video calling at that time. Mm-hmm. So how is a ten-year-old communicating at, with this family? They would call, like roaming call, like to landline though. Like your dormitory would have a phone. Right. Where there's a one phone. Like how often? Call. 
Well, they called like once a week, but I never picked up. Oh, I was outside playing basketball and all that. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, what was it like in terms of education? I mean, if you came home in the summers, then you you knew the rigors of Korean, even elementary school. I mean, right. it's pretty pretty full on, and all the kids go to academies in the summer. Mm-hmm. What was the education style or, or form or? Once I was in Korea. No, no, in in Malaysia. Oh. There's no academies. There's nothing. It's just after you finish your school and you just play around. And until there's at eight o'clock after dinner, there's a study hall class. So mm-hmm. finish two thirty three, go play all afternoon. Right. Come in for dinner. And mm-hmm. So similar, similar. To right. Classes. Like American, yeah, American kind of stuff. And what what is it like living at the boarding school? I mean, I think we used to do some work at the orphanage out here. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, it's really sad that the parents abandon the kids. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't help but think that in other ways, it must be so fun because they don't go to academy. I mean, some of them do go to academies mm-hmm. that are funded by different organizations, right. but they had like 120 brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and they're like, we're all in this together. Like we're all the same. We don't have parents or, or they left us or whatever, but they, it looked like they had so much fun because they, the boys were great at soccer, great at ping pong. And there's a few uh, regional or national athletes mm-hmm there because they have so much time to train and do what they want right i found like the musicians were a level up mm-hmm. the ping pong players were because that's all they did right you like ping pong <laughs> just go play all day after school just go play ping pong <laughs> so <laughs> so they could they could really focus on what their passions were right. and you found amazingly talented people mm-hmm. and, and they lived they lived in their own little like uh, there, there's 120 kids but that's broken up into 10 different right. rooms where you got 12 kids mm-hmm. who are it, yeah, like you said, it's it's good and bad. And, and I mean, I just think of the single <laughs> child family here, and how lonely and I, I, and it's a, of course I'm it's a stereotype, but lonely and boring. And but when I see it, it's oma 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 oma, and mom's lines. their best friend. Mm-hmm. And I just say to my wife, like, if we only have one, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of. I think it's kind of annoying to just have to take care. We want to go, oh, we get this kid. Oh, we, oh. We get <laughs> but now we have two and it's, hey, go play. I'm going to make dinner. Right. Hey, go play. So I, I thought in that sense, maybe it's similar to what, what you had, like with so many buddies. Mm-hmm. Hey, you like some, you don't like some, but I mean, there must be that kind of brotherhood or was it all boys or was it mixed? Or? No, it was mixed. So you got like a whole family there. Is that what it feels like or? It was, yeah, because there's in the dorm, there's a dorm mom, dorm dad. So it's like a little small family we got. And um, we looked out for each other, definitely. And that's, that's, that's a bond where we keep and, you know, sometimes we fight, you know, but we work it out. Like brothers and sisters. Yeah. Right. You can't get that in Korea. I can understand that. Yeah. Because everybody does the same thing and they don't want to do it exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> which kid wants to go to math academy? You know? <laughs> <laughs> math brother. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then again, kind of think about it. i grown independent from my parents. And I kind of agree with you on that. They're so dependent on their parents that after their school, they just come back home, wait for their parents to come back home. And being, I have my own self and my friends to rely on. That was a big, big thing for me. Yeah. And I think, I mean, give your parents credit, but I think, I don't know if you have to go around the world to do it, but living on your own, like I find the kids at Eunice who live on campus, the kids at Ulsan Day, um, but even the ones who go to the science high school and the, the boarding schools here and get out on the weekends. They're so much more independent. Right. They're so much more independent because you don't have mom helping you every day. Mm-hmm. One of the guys on our hockey team, his kid goes to the Wilson Science High School now. Right. And we were out 
a few weekends ago and I asked him and I said, so do you prefer living in the dorms or at home? And he's like, oh, the dorms are way better. <laughs> and you just don't have that parental oversight all the time yeah. on your ass. And the studying regimen out there is crazy. I mean, they study like crazy. They're mad yeah. scientists. That's the guys who go to Keist and Post-Tech and Unist. But he said, this is way better than home. Way better. And I thought, well, good for you. And you're growing up at the same time. You know, you're learning to be independent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's a huge part of life to mature mm-hmm. in those years where you can learn to be independent. Right. Yeah. So overall, very good experience? I would say so. But back then, again, like, there are some good cases and bad cases, and I've seen some bad cases, too. So Yeah. But that's everywhere, right? Yeah. That's everywhere and everything in life. Mm-hmm. You, you always get those. Yeah. So what happened in grade eight? Was your brother still in high school there, or um, grade eight? He was he finishing on? up and as a senior in high school, and he actually, yeah, he's he had to stay, but I had to go because I, I wasn't gonna finish my high school there anyway. Mm. So my parents wanted to pull me out before I get too deep in one school, and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Suddenly, my father got this crazy notion that. I needed to learn how to speak Chinese. Nice. Out of nowhere. At that time, Chinese China was booming. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say, yeah. also also smart. Right. And there I go again, now alone this time because I didn't care about right, you know, mm. going to new places. Is, is your dad in the mafia? <laughs> God, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> sending, sending two guys boarding schools overseas and and just having the balls to pick yeah. up and move and I mean, that's not, you're not making those decisions for you. I mean, witness protection program. I would would love those, but my whole Korean family would think I'm crazy if, like, I I consider sending my girls to Canada for a year in the next five years. Right. And and why not? I mean, live live with somebody else, learn how to live with someone else, Mm -hmm. learn how to adapt. I think it's good, but many people will say, oh, you got to wait till they're older, older. And it's family. It's not even strangers. It's family. So why not? We we care. It sounds bad, but like I think we care or like Mm -hmm. coddle the kids Mm -hmm. too much, man. It's every every kid's so special. You love your kids, but do you want they're independent beings, man? Like, but it's so much easier when you're in the developing countries. Mm -hmm. It's so because you don't have all the stuff. You you have to be creative. You have to make your own toys. You have to learn how to play outside by yourself. Right. And here, if I just let my kids be, then they'll go find a TV and turn it on and sit there for 10 hours. <laughs> All you need so, home, really. Well, yeah, but they don't have those and they don't have much TV. But that's what I mean. Like, when everybody else does, it's so hard to, to make them that independent. Right. But when you're, you know, you're in those other countries, mm-hmm. you know, innovation, creativity, it just, it just blossoms because there's nothing else to do. So you have to do that. Right. You, you got to use your creativity to stay ahead of the game. Right. Well, when I was young, I would play with like, you know, all I needed was spoon and fork. Sure. And they were like, they're, they're militias. They're, they're trying to become a soldier. Yeah. And that's how I played when I was young. So I have a, one of my friend got, you know, has a child now, mm. very young child. So he's a first grade. He got knocked up. She got what knocked up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I went there. I took care of the child. And I was like, okay, let's play. He's like, what do we have? I didn't want I want to stay away from like phones and all that. Mm. So I took this pencil and eraser. Let's mm. play like, you know, yeah. as I played when I was young. Yeah. And I can't, I can still remember his face. He's like, I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I want to go play. Worst babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey man, they're walking to school with phones better than mine in grade one, so mm. it's hard hard to compete. Oh, and dude, I'll be fighting my wife and kids as long as I can, but mm-hmm. there's no phones it's, for the foreseeable future. Oh, I just been pulling in my complex the other day. There's two, and it just 
I don't know, man. These middle school kids, they're just totally zombified. Mm -hmm. I've said it a million times. I can't stop thinking about it. They're just totally zoned out of life. At the phone, hunched over, walking two miles an hour, man. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's it's same like Takwasu's experience going to to Ghana and his parents were set up kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. having that experience, his dad took him out of the private school and put him in the public school to get the real deal. And Mm -hmm. I, I wish I had one of those jobs where I could just move and my kids have to adapt and not the privy, not the, the consulate job where you get private school and everything, but, but where you really got to get into it. All right. It's, I think it's a, an important ability or, or skill to have to adapt to all these different environments mm-hmm. because yeah, I mean, we learn just to be comfortable in our environment. As soon as you get out of it, it's, Oh my God, Oh my God, Corona hits and people hit the panic button a million. Mm-hmm. Just re- breathe, mm-hmm. relax. It's going to be okay, and just adapt. That's all you can do. Getting excited doesn't doesn't make it better. Right? And I mean, look how you, it seems like you cruised through the. You opened your cafe before Corona. Yes. And have you know pivoted and adjusted to to adapt to the to the times. You know that's right. awesome, man. So so going through. I mean, those are some pretty formative years. Grade three to grade eight uh-huh. in another country. You came home in the summers and stuff. Um, is there anything that stands out in your mind from your experience there during those years well, that you knew, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm different, I'm glad I'm not in Korea, or, or shit, is this the right thing, what are my parents doing, or any, any eye-opening experiences? Well, coming back to Korea, and, you know, when I talk to my, like, friends or acquaintances, they're like, oh, yeah, they're like, you, you must have so, like, so much fun. And you cruise all these places and you, you experience new things. And I'm going to feel like, yeah, it's good. And, you know, how they say, oh, you should write a book about your experience. It's going to be a bestseller. I'm like, no, really? <laughs> <laughs> things like that. But You got to monetize I, everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it just feels like you want something you don't have. But once you have it, it's like the grass is always green. Yeah. It's yeah. not really that great. I yeah. can't really. Yeah. Right. So it was a normal life for me, but it's a little strange life for extraordinary yeah, for other right. else. And that's like the kids. I want to live in Canada. Yeah. You don't even know what the hell Canada is. <laughs> you just think whatever it is is better, better or different than here. But when you get there, you go, I want to live in Korea. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so did you feel? Korean when you came back? Different? Actually, I felt like alien. I feel. I still feel like an alien everywhere I go, really. Yeah, like, I can't really... Welcome to the club. Right. <laughs> Good. Good. Like, there's no really... I, people ask me, where, where's, where do you reside? What, what's your home? What's your nationality? That's, that's my next question. Where, <laughs> where, what do you consider? It's something that comes up very often here. Right. What do you consider your... Where's your home? Where is home? See, I tell people home is where your heart is mm. because it's the easiest answer. Yeah, yeah. But to be honest, I don't think I have a home, you know? Mm. Like, I never really actually lived in one place more more than like six years mm. in my life. So, yeah, but I feel like everywhere I go, I try to make it home. Yeah. That's the way I, you know, fit in and adjust to new places. Yeah, yeah. But to tell you, I have... The green card in Malaysia, like residency in Malaysia, and you know, gave that up, and you know, had a little bit of a thing in Canada with the LMO visa and all that. But elemental PQ, RST, RST. That's his Twitter uh, or uh, his, Instagram. Uh, Instagram. Uh, Instagram. Sorry, Instagram. Okay. <laughs> but um, 
it certainly felt weird when I was in army in Korea too, you know, <laughs> because I don't know Korea. How can I go to the army? How can you say, <laughs> how am I going to fit in with those brutes, you know? <laughs> I, don't know I don't know if I call them brutes, but I think you're thinking of the American army. <laughs> right. Well, we don't get the compensated. Korea, the Korean army, I see, my, <laughs> I see my university students going off and they're shitting bricks. <laughs> they could use a few brutes so okay before we get into the army and, yeah. and some of the other ones you you moved from malaysia dad didn't want you to get too comfortable there <laughs> no. so he said hey get the hell out you got to learn chinese mm -hmm. where in china were you i was in shenzhen and in china how did family business colleagues how did coca-cola mashita shenzhen <laughs> how, how did you end up there Actually, at that time, I was like, I gave up. It's like, send me anywhere. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> English school or Chinese school? Uh, so grade eight. It was it was international school, but there nobody spoke English. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> it's China. But did you learn Chinese? Yeah, there's yeah. lots of international schools in China where English you, is the... But China was like their main language yeah. and there's no white people there, like Caucasian, no Caucasian at all. Yeah. <laughs> So, so was that, I mean, you're 13, 14 around, and now it. you're going on your own? Or yeah. At that time, I just gave Mom up. and dad drop you off? No. Just like, here's your ticket. Go. I was like, okay. But then, well, like, who do you meet there? What do you, yeah, it's boarding school again, so they just take you in and put you in your room, and that's it. By the time, I think my parents searched somebody on the internet, and then just like, take That would be called and child and trafficking these great days. list. <laughs> yeah. Need to pick up a child <laughs> from the airport. <laughs> Delivery. Yeah. <laughs> rocket tech bay, coupon, <laughs> rocket delivery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, actually, my parents found like, this homestay kind of deal. So I never knew this guy. My parents didn't seem to know him very well, too. Yeah. Chinese, Korean? Um, no, Korean. 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 Yeah, Korean. Oh. I so these are agents or brokers or whatever that... On the cafe, like neighbor yeah. cafe things, I think okay. he found somewhere over there. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> right. I can't believe I'm still alive now that I'm talking. That's <laughs> a lot of bullets. So they, they picked you up. What, what, was the, what was the experience like? What was the culture shock? What was the education like in China? Um, so I went there. They put me to this boarding school again. And at that time, I was pro. So I was just like, okay, okay, let's just fit in. It's, mm. a, it's a new environment. And the hardest thing I had to do was to learn Chinese there. <laughs> sure. And, you know, in China, I don't know if you guys know, there's a, like a clan of like, you know, middle school, high school clan of Koreans and Chinese. They always have a dispute uh -huh. over smallest nice. thing. Hmm. It's like, you took my girl, I'm going to kill you kind of deal. Hmm. Like it was real-time Romeo and Juliet, really. Yeah. <laughs> was there was there Koreans at this school? Yeah, there are lots of Koreans Okay, because I was going to say, without your brother mm -hmm. and family, right. that's a tough spot to be, 13, mm -hmm. 14. It's like jail. You just got to go in. Jordan, the... do you identify with those Koreans? because <laughs> you haven't stayed in Korea with them, right? right. <laughs> but, the, you know, the least I could do was speak Korean to them. And mm. that's why I couldn't learn too much Chinese still, now that I think about it. Mm. Uh, I've been there for like 18 months, a year and a half. Mm. And I can do basic communication, like how you guys speak Korean here, yeah. I think. But not enough so that uh, I can actually live on my own mm. if there's no Korean. I was very reliant on Korean thing and it kind of felt like family that I had when I was in Malaysia because mm. that there was a little bit of a tribe of Koreans yeah. to look out for each other. And it's, it's similar coming here, right? Like I know at the beginning I wanted to learn Korean because you kind of had to, but I, I didn't want to be the guy who doesn't. Right. And then, but some of the guys I hung out with were like, 
they'd come take your and they're like talk to him talk to him <laughs> and it was like they didn't learn much korean because they just depended on me or someone else who right. who took the time to learn it mm-hmm. and they're like nate get us some of this nate, get us some of this order some more of this order the like just do it just try it you'll get it mekju uh young uh, do get young do get young no and then they would just get embarrassed and quit trying right and then they keep depending on the people who know because it's so, easier yeah. too, you know? I wonder yeah. if it's fatigue too I mean if you're sent to uh, Australia mm-hmm. have to learn English right when you go to China or I mean you've been uh, Malaysia. Australia Malaysia you're like okay I got this English thing and then they throw you into Chinese you're like you're yeah. looking up at the looking up at the mountain like damn it wasn't that that was David Kim as well right they sent him to, I think he had to learn a few different languages and find. It's not the last stop, buddy. <laughs> I haven't been to Africa yet. <laughs> but it's not, uh, probably not so easy. In, in, I mean, you feel comfortable with the, right. with the Koreans. It's hard to stare and up at that mountain at 13 or 14 years old. You, know? you have to realize that's when puberty hit, too. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I say. Like, yeah. Those are rebellion. Man, no brother now to keep you in line or, or ask for support, no yeah. parents. Uh, looking back, I'm really embarrassed. <laughs> right, and then so you joined the clan there in yeah the Korean clan that, in with China. wristband thing, you know, with oh, the yes? wristband. Oh, yeah. Fulong gangs. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get into any kind of crazy stuff? No, we just. That's when I rebelled. I was at that age. That's when you kind of start to rebel. Yeah. And I tried many things, you know, in the dark ways and things like that. Dog, cat, bats. Catnips, catnips. Well, yeah. Dark things as in like drugs or? Yeah, I try. I experiment on dogs, but, nice. you know, once you live abroad, who hasn't really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and... Not only that, uh, alcohol and all that, yeah. cigarette smoking. It's Is all, it hard to get in China as a as a? It's really stu- easy. <laughs> yeah, like, it's got to be. Yeah, because they don't even check your ID. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't even have ID. They just have lasers. And- it's like, you're a dog, right? <laughs> yes. I'm like, okay, okay, here you go. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and, and I'm glad I had those experiences, too, you know, because now I know and I can tell other people why it's bad and what you do when you get fucked up kind of deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so well, what about the education there? What was it like compared to the school in Malaysia? Oh, God, it was like- horrible. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. Like, nobody studied, nobody... In China, yeah, nice, really, yeah. It was it was international school, but it was one of those like shady, back-end, right? yeah, shady yeah. back-ended international school. So. so what? What? Go to school and then what? What was outside of there? Well, just playing with the crew at the mm-hmm. at the boarding. Once you're in, they don't let you out. Like it's like it's like it's like a compound, gym. right? It's like a compound with a big campus, but you can't leave. Until on the weekend, <laughs> zap callers. Can you? I mean, you don't have family there. Did you go out on the weekends or? On the weekend, I went to that homestay place. Mm-hmm. Ah, so that's why they got that deal going on. Ah, and, ah, okay, right. Ah, so Monday to Friday, you're there, right? Come over the weekend. And what was the homestay like? Uh, Freedom or no. oh, jail number two? <laughs> yeah. I had to sleep with this this adult male. It was kind of fun. <laughs> On a single bed. I still remember that. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, China rooms uh, or spaces. Uh, I mean, cramped, cramped quarters. I mean, mm. it coming from the West, that would seem very awkward. But in many places in Asia, I mean, my daughter had a sleepover on the weekend four girls in an Ajima sleeping on the air mattress. And I'm like, what? There's all kinds of places. They put everybody like sardines on the mattress. Right. Did you frog so, splash it after? No. <laughs> Set it through the window? <laughs> so not a ton of learning going on there? Not 
Yeah, not so much. Did you did you come back from there, same on vacation or no? No, at that time I was pestering my parents to just to leave actually, because mm-hmm. uh, I was like, I'm not doing anything, I'm not learning anything, and it feels like, what am I doing? Spinning your tires. Right. Yeah. And I was kind of rebellious, like I said. So that was high school. That was the start of high school. That was the end of middle school. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then okay, my parents was like, <laughs> finally they're like, okay, okay, why don't you come back? Spin the globe. Right. Let's take <laughs> yeah. another spot. <laughs> <laughs> and how did how did Ghana come into the picture? So my because I think they they gave me a favor. So I was like, okay, thank you very much. And anywhere is better than there. Anywhere is better than here. And I didn't know Ghana was coming along. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> right. And my father had this idea where he's gonna buy this mine where you know they have gold mine. In, Lots of gold mines, yeah. Right, but he was a scam. But <laughs> so he was. He we was can going, all dream. <laughs> he was going to do business in Ghana. Right. So at that time, actually, I went with my father to Africa. When was that? Around that was beginning of you know, uh, no, beginning of uh, two thousand, right? Two thousand. I want to say two thousand and five. So just right, right after I was there, right? Just after I was there, give or take. I think it was. I've never had that thought. So I'm gonna buy a gold mine. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get emails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, from Nigeria, bro. Nigeria. I mean, well, you can tell us the, the part of it, but. As some of the other guys have mentioned, and like it was easy to witness, the Chinese come in and just start digging their old gold. Mm-hmm. That's it. They just come in, bring in their stuff on boat, right. sh- ship it, haul it over. They just start their own gold mines anywhere they want. Mm-hmm. They're doing their own research. They're doing their own uh, sampling. And then the police can't do anything. They just keep paying guys off. Right. They just keep paying you out. Get out, get out of here. Get out of here. And if you want to complain, they just kill you. That's it. That's why like I've never taken gone to over, China. They've yeah. taken over large parts of Ghana now. Yeah. It's crazy. So when the Korean guy comes in, I'm sure he gets ousted by the Chinese. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but how, 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 what, how, how did the business deal go south and what was your experience there? Well, like you said, when you want to find a gold mine, you got to do the sampling and everything. My father didn't go through that step. He just believed in the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, bro. Right. It's right <laughs> under my house. <laughs> Shine sometimes. <laughs> Gonna see the shit glow at night. Yeah. So yeah, all the paper looked legit, and my father wanted me there to kind of do the translation, even though I don't okay. speak English. Mm, yeah. And in the beginning, it was like all the paper went through and everything. Okay, let's go. Let's buy this mine. And as it, it's, they found out after a year or so, there's like it's all copper. It's not gold. Mm. And you know, the more you have, you just waste the money every day. You know. Mm. So, but my father didn't take that to his head quite a bit so i stayed there for a year or two with him yeah with him and what what was your situation there you were in again in a boarding school or international school i was in international school again because might as well finish strong my father said (laughs) 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 but he was he was there as a chaperone watching over and yeah you're able to Mm -hmm. to call him up and lean on him if you had to Mm -hmm. only dad or with mom too uh, my mom would come and go, but oh, okay. my mom didn't really like Africa that much. So, <laughs> so what did your dad end up doing? It, it was all the mining stuff, but it just wasn't. It wasn't working out. Working out. Right. But he was still trying to to figure it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. He was trying to make a living because he he gave up everything he had in Korea 
to do that. So oh, so it was like a big risk move. Yeah, it was oh. huge, oh. and yeah, it's all. That's never heard of buying out. a gold mine being a small, <laughs> small project. I don't know, man. It's right. You know what? Yeah, hard to judge the status. Do you ask your dad now about his about his decision? It's a big taboo now to talk about the past yeah. about that, and I don't want to poke the bear kind of deal. <laughs> Is your dad in Korea now? Yeah, he's in Korea now. Okay. He's retired. Yeah. I would say happily, but he's with my mom, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Would he, at the end of his life, when he's 80 and he's laying no, down on his, on on his that, deathbed? Say he, that was cool. That was a crazy experience. What the hell was I thinking? Mm-hmm. I think Can it's better to, better to to have tried than sit there and be like, what, if we, what if we bought the gold mine? Right. Yeah. Shit. You know, that's uh, good <laughs> for him for trying yeah. So the theme seems to be like your dad wants to prepare you for mm-hmm. future business plans. Right. Like China is booming. Let's go China. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe we set up a business there. Right. And your kid will take over. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of my one of my old students, <laughs> the adventurous dad, an old business guy that I used to that I used to teach. He's he sent both of his kids England or, or Australia wherever, right. and he said like as a father, this is like the pinnacle of success mm-hmm. or how how he. Um, explained it to me he's like the fact that i have enough to send my kids overseas right he's like that so deeply satisfies me that i can that they can be internationally educated come back mm-hmm. he's like that as a father i'm totally successful so i think that's part of they're probably around the same age so right. i think that generation has uh has similar uh similar beliefs Maybe, you know yeah i gotta start sending my kids places <laughs> <laughs> and my kids have traveled lots I think Gina's been 10 or 11 countries. Okay. But I, I just was thinking like, okay, they spend all day, every day, like from morning to night, and you just go to school, come home, do your stuff, mm-hmm. go outside, play, whatever. But it's always with us. Right. And it's like, I just think if I said, Gina, you're going to Mexico tomorrow, I mean, she would be devastated. I mean, it would be PTSD for the rest of her life. <laughs> and I think, why, why is that? Because they're so attached and I think I like to think my kids are pretty open-minded and, and global and whatever. But, but my God, like they've never, they've never gone to more than just grandma's house for a night. So how the hell would you make that jump to thing unless you're like, okay, sleep over at Uncle Brian's this weekend, sleep over at Uncle Bennett's this weekend, sleep here. There. I mean, if you don't do that, how the heck could you ever just sever the connection and say, get out of here? Well, I don't know. I think. Hmm. I don't know. When you were young, yeah, I mean, you went to hockey. That was all over, though. We were traveling. We were on the road. We were sleeping different places all the time. No, and we had five kids. Like we just, we were outside. We weren't with my parents all the time. We were actually never with my parents. Yeah. You finished school, different, and you you just came in for dinner, and that was it. Like you were outside playing with any neighbors or anybody that wanted to come over. Any, who the hell knows where we were, man? We were riding bikes. Oh, it's so weird. It's such. It's such a. It's such a, a. a weird position to be in as a parent. And, and that's what I was just thinking of. Like, why would my kids be so hard to, to leave? But because they're with me from the minute they finish mm-hmm. school, if it's go to gymnastics or whatever we do or, or the park, but they're always with me. Mm-hmm. It's never just go play with all those kids. It's not like that, mm-hmm. which is why I think the Afghan situation is awesome. The same thing. Like, it's it's terrible, the refugees that have mm-hmm. moved here. Right. But when you go to the compound where they live, it's like 30 kids from Three years old to thirteen years old, all playing together, right. taking bikes, care of each other, balls, yeah. fighting each other, helping each other. But that reminds me of like what it was like when I grew up, mm-hmm. and it it just doesn't happen like that anymore. Yeah, times have changed though. Everything really, I think. Yeah, I, I, I can't I, imagine my life like without being 
able to play outside with means it was something like a new social thing outside the family right mm-hmm. yeah mm. means i remember it was it it was it took like a lot of brain state like to process that and stuff mm. yeah. yeah i uh on fridays i pick my daughter up from school dude is the saddest thing picked her up when my son is playing with his or there is a kwangjang i don't know how to say right, like, like plaza yeah mm-hmm. like in the in the middle of the complex mm-hmm. usually go in there they're playing hockey or dodgeball or whatever mm-hmm. i walked in i'm looking like there's no one here Where's, and you get that panic like oh shit where's my kid mm-hmm. and i looked over and dude it was the saddest thing i've ever seen he's got his baseball glove he's throwing the ball and catching it throwing the ball and catching it by himself <laughs> and i looked over I'm like where's your buddies and he points over dude there's six kids just like this <laughs> just on the phone and went uh, no dude he's grade three right he's grade three right. oh god it's only gonna get worse uh, oh with god. technology and oh. that's part of why i like being with my kids because then i know they're not on the technology mm-hmm. and we've said it a hundred times go to the restaurant or they find an onion or something like one a couple times my daughter takes like an hour to get home and we're like where the heck is she and she's like one time oh i stopped at the flower shop and i stopped it here and i'm just looking and and what else like what about your buddy well i walked with jiwon for half the way and then she had to go to her academy mm-hmm. but what did you yeah we well, looked at her phone for like 20 minutes with her because they never they never get that mm-hmm. so oh man it's <laughs> tough to <laughs> it, you can't cut it all out you can't win them all but, no. but she comes home 30 minutes late because buddy had a phone and she doesn't have one she's just it's glued on it there rubbernecking oh man that's, that's the thing you send your child to another house that's good you know expand your social yeah. boundaries but I'm probably sure, like the mom say, "Go play, okay." Yeah, watch YouTube. Well, that's yeah. that's what it is. Smart TV, we got it. That's the t- that's why I say the developing countries are better because you have to just make do with what you got. Right. Yeah, we used to have like blackouts for three hours mm-hmm. every day in summers because of drought and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I spent like two and a half hour playing, like just throwing a ball at the wall mm-hmm. to my sister. Yeah, and then she throws it to the wall to me. Yeah. Say, it's good to be bored. You have to give them time to be bored and figure it out. Yeah. Blackouts are like super rainy days yeah. at home. And next day, like yeah. you have a very creative puzzle game about that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I liked uh, when we had blackout. We had not rolling blackouts, but if lightning or whatever hit it, knocked the power out in the city, and it was just like. Grab a candle. We're playing Monopoly, and that was the, that was the afternoon. It was awesome, dude. Yeah. I have great memories of that. Do a puzzle or something by candlelight. Yeah. So cool. So but, interesting, though. Though, like, okay. So imagine you guys are parents. You're having your child in a restaurant. You're trying to enjoy a meal. Mm. It's a nice course, but your child gets so full fast. Like, how do you entertain your child? Well, hold on. It it doesn't. It's not. Uh, do you say I, they get full fast? Like, <laughs> teach them how to eat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> teach them how to eat more. You know, <laughs> There's a buffet. No, no, but it starts. It you can't turn it on and off. Like that's training from when they're young. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they don't get phones. No phones at the table. Okay. You sit down and you talk. Kids that's get it. restless and you just yeah. it's it's like a threshold kind of deal where you know when they're two years old they can sit for thirty minutes. Right. Then you push it later, 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 and they eventually get it, but. If you expect your kid to, you know, when you're eating at home, if they're looking at a phone the whole time, you go to a restaurant like, oh, there's other people to put your phone away. It's not going to work. Right. It's not going to work, man. But here, in fact, it's it's opposite. Get your phone and shut up and let us eat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy the amount of like one-year-olds mm-hmm. and two – and it's not a phone anymore. It's, it's a full big, tablets. Yeah. And it's outrageous, man. It makes me bonkers to mm-hmm. see it. I'm like – and my wife, like, she's a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I say, like, don't. 
Like, don't you tell your friends and stuff. Don't let them play with their phones. Like, I got to teach these kids, right. and they're crazy, and I got to teach them. But don't like but looking. Don't, I don't. I don't know if it's third world country, but imagine like an alien kind of looking at mm-hmm. at Earth from from outside. Easier to take over every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! Like this is the developed. This is the most developed world. You know, or the most developed places in the world, and there's just these zombie kids just, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you want to, I don't know, kind of yeah. exaggerate it, they're yeah. just, what do you say, like, mung? Like, mung, you know, just kind of like, like, like white noise, right. just, just zoned out, man. Zombies. So, I think Fuck, my parents, I think my parents set us up good in, in that way. Not that there was phones before, but every night you ate dinner together. Mm-hmm. At least until a certain age when hockey and hobbies took over where everyone's going different places right at that point we were all able to cook for ourselves mm-hmm. whoever the first person home no matter who it was five mm-hmm. brothers and sisters what it, the first person cooked mm-hmm. and everybody kind of ate as they as they came in and put their stuff away washed the dishes whatever right but family meal time was important mm-hmm. and i think that's it like i don't know lots of people think we're funny but you guys do it don't you what F- dinner family dinners or breakfast, breakfast is probably yeah, breakfast and dinner but for us, I mean, dinner is dinner, and you sit down and we eat together. Right. And we talk about, you know, we're going to Canada. We talk about grandmas. We talk about the farm, your friends, whatever. The quality. But but it's it's setting that up. The kids don't know. The kids aren't one-year-old going, hey, mom, where's my phone? Come on. This is dinner time. I got a phone. Where's my phone? I'm done. I'm done. They don't, they don't, they don't say that, right? Like, kids don't know. The same as the racism stuff. All, kids don't know that. They're right. taught that. So if you don't give them that from an early age, they don't expect that. Right. And my kids know now. Our family has these rules, and other families have different rules. Mm-hmm. And we respect those rules. They don't have to match ours. Mm-hmm. When we go to someone else's house, we follow their house rules. Right. Give and me the phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Daddy's not going to go break someone's phone because we're at a house. Whenever it's challenging, going to bite my tongue. But they know when we're in our house, these are our rules. Right. When our family goes to the restaurant, we use our family rules. Mm-hmm. Nice. If we go to your house, we'll use your rules, whatever those are, because right. we're in your place. Mm-hmm. But... That doesn't leave you. Well, they get to watch the phone at dinner. That's their rules. Mm-hmm. That's their choice. That's what they do. Right. I think that's the thing. When you're young, I remember when I was like in Malaysia. There's a because it's American school. There's American etiquette, where you know you sit down together, you talk, and once you're done, you have to say excuse uh, me. Like, excuse me. Yeah. Right? Can I be excused? Yeah. And usually you have to give a reason why I have to go to study. Sorry, I can't. Mm. Can I be excused? And. There's not not much of that in Korea. Like you don't really, yeah. You just stand up after you finish. But it, it's a different culture, and you, you can't like um, here I'm lecturing, you, lecturing you on, on Korean culture. But uh, it's it, it's just different. I don't think it's. The I don't think it's dinner like, isn't even it's, part of it in Korea. No, like lots of the dads are still at work. They're late. Yeah, they eat. So, but they they just eat late, don't they? Yeah, with the or, families. Or they go out on Hesheek and they don't come back drunk. Now, now it might be coming back that way a little yeah. bit. But no, I think like five to ten years ago, I mean, most of the dads were out and came home at eight or nine. Like, mm, yeah, yeah. I don't, but I, I, I don't know. I always like this culture because it is centered kind of around food. Even if it's once a week, I think it's important. And I, and I like that it is. It does have that communal communal eating. Everyone eating from the same thing and kind of sharing sharing time at or whatnot. My house, every meal it's like family meal. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Like, yeah, that's a, I just—it's so refreshing just to, you know, when when you're eating, you, it's almost like uh, you're in your own bubble. Mm-hmm. Like you're enjoying the food, you're having a conversation. I like that. There's no phones, and it's just. But ah, that's back to what he said before. Enjoy. Like you're, 
you're eating every meal with your family and you're like, shit, can I just get up and go? I got something to do. I want to work. Like in Canada, that was a big thing. Like, especially in high school, we all had part-time jobs. Right. We all had our own hobbies. Mm-hmm. We all had, we had licenses from 15. Right. So it's like, well, I can go for family dinner or I can go make money working my job. Mm. Well, who the heck's going to stay? I can eat a bag of chips and a chocolate bar and make money mm. instead of having family. And I'll eat when I get home at 930. Yeah. So that independence and that's my dad saying now, like, we, we do it as you long guys as you can, to be yeah. independent. Mm-hmm. We raise you to be independent. And now we have friends who have all their grandchildren within, like, two, three miles of them. Right. <laughs> and our kids are all over the freaking place. No one's closer than my sister. And then the next one's, like, 20 hours away. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, not regret, but they think it would have been nice if we kept all you guys close to home. We'd have all these kids to play with all the time. But yeah. I was going to say, that the one was kind of like greener. the grass is always greener. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of eating with your family oh, every meal. Our eat. choice, oh, like, that'd be great. Me and my sister, our choice was eat dinner with family or watch TV. Like we didn't have part-time jobs uh, in uh, India. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. My kids have <laughs> to say their options: eat dinner now or they're uh, eat, it breakfast eat, or eat it for breakfast tomorrow <laughs> i don't like broccoli well it's gonna be your breakfast so you're, gonna, you're gonna eat this at some point you realize that <laughs> but um, i think you mentioned like an important point there like the etiquette right i think it's also just a asian culture thing like mm-hmm. because uh, there is a system of saying sorry if something happens to you mm. And I have nothing to do with it. Mm. Like, if you fell and broke your arm, they usually say, like, oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry. sorry to yeah. hear that. Yeah. We, like, I didn't grow up learning that. And it, You're an it's, idiot. <laughs> it's always very awkward. Like, it's walk. not my fault. Is it, like, an apology thing? Like, oh, what, do Canadians, what are, yeah. Canadians are notorious for that. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. I pop sorry. into that sorry and they're, that. they're sorry to me. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you finished a couple of years in Ghana and then, boom. Was that you're now you're old enough to make your own decisions? Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that dad? I'm getting out of here. This is a dead end. The copper's not uh, paying enough, or what? Well, actually, my father had a had a big talk. I was like, "Son, our house is broke." I'm like, "What? <laughs> you're broke." And so I was like, "Okay, okay." So it's like my father gave me a choice. Okay, I'll give you a first semester of tuition, but you have to take care of your own house rental and, and like wherever university you want to go. Mm. I'm like, "Okay, okay." You know, by the time I was studying for SAT and I yeah. was, everything was coming along, I got all my recommended like references and all that. And suddenly my father says, I don't recommend you go to the States. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I told my father, okay, so six month tuition mm. and I'll, I'll deal from there. Yeah. And well, everything was going okay. And like you said, my father kind of claimed me as an adult ever since. Sure. Because it was a hard decision. You know how Korea, even though you're university, even though you graduate from university, you're still dependent on your family. Absolutely. Yeah. And it kind of bums me out to see that, really. <laughs> it's, oh, man. Just, I don't know. I think what if I would still be at home, I, obviously, still, I'd be independent from my parents, but mm-hmm. still somewhat reliant on family mm-hmm. and just that social network growing up. You, you get comfortable, man. Right. That's like Tamara said. People at home, they like, to be comfortable and not, you know, not push the limits too much. Just stay within your, stay within your bubble. But right. there's lots. What's the what's the saying? The the treasure you seek's in the cave you fear to enter. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that that scary kind of place you don't want to go, or the uncomfortableness. That's where the that's where the gold is, man. Right. I think there is an important like age point. Where if you stay at your home beyond that point, you you'll just, be a virgin you are forever. Just not open to <laughs> yeah. a lot of experience. Yeah. And you start getting reserved. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. I see that with a lot of international friends mm-hmm. here. Yeah. So dad said, don't go to the States. You know, okay, I'm going to the States. Because yeah. <laughs> if I didn't, it's like all the time studying for SAT was wasted. So I was like, okay, I'll do whatever. I'll, I'll do whatever. Yeah. So I looked in never, it. Never a thought to come back to Korea? Because if I came back to Korea, I had to take a GED in Korea. So I was going to, okay. Mm. In the end, I took it. But yeah, I, have a, I have a like diploma from GED too. But uh, at that time, I was like, I'm not studying Korean way because I never studied Korean curriculum in my mm. whole life. And I was going to follow up with, what about the Sunung? Did that, did that ever creep into your mind? Like, shit, I got to go home and do the Sunung to go to university? Or you just said, I'm either working for the copper mine or I'm going to be studying somewhere else because I'm not going home to that stuff. Right. No, the last last resort was I'm going to start the semester and then I'm going to work my ass off and kind of just pay my mm. way through. Right. So, I don't know. Like, so first thing I did was I was doing hell. I was going to university in Korea because I'm, I'm not going to fit in. Mm. At the time, I just Korea felt like another country to me. Mm. So I, I came back to Korea. I looked it into like a bank loans. So yeah, so, luckily at that time, Hana Hana was like way, before it was like Wehan. It was like foreign bank mm. of Korea, yeah. and they had a, this great great loan program where like if you get the entrance letter, they give you acceptance. Yeah, letter. acceptance letter. They give you two year course of loan. Really? Oh, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was wow. Yeah, it was like three percent. That's good. That was not bad. The interest was not yeah. bad too. Do you is, do you have to pay start paying that from when you get the loan or after, after you graduate? Years. After two years. Right, yeah, okay. After two years. That's the same as same as what, OSAP, I think in in Ontario. No, I think you have twenty four months grace period after you graduate usually. Mm, okay. mm. Right. I think they got that from the states, maybe. Mm. And I, I was like, okay, lucky. I'll I'll try that. And I got the loan from. <laughs> <laughs> Did your parents have anything to say? Like, hey. You no, don't have a means to pay that back. Maybe you shouldn't take a loan. Maybe no. They were on and off because they also knew that it's my choice now. Because my, my my parents would always say, after you're 18, I'm just gonna give up on you. Because we got buddies who take the student loan <laughs> and they go buy that fancy red sports car, <laughs> and then they got no tuition for the next yeah. six semesters, mm-hmm. but they got this nice car, mm-hmm. and you go, oh. Sh- sh- Okay, I gotta sell the car because I gotta pay for school, right. and I lost all this money in the deal. What the hell was I thinking? Mm-hmm. You you learn fast. You eating fluffer nutters every day, <laughs> man. <laughs> what was your mindset like before and like before going to the U.S.? Like, was it like, oh shit, it's very scary, or was it like, oh, I want to go there, explore this? Well, I was mentally prepared since I was in middle school. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you were like looking forward to going there. Because I think the play, like the biggest part was I just didn't want to return to Korea mm. at that time. Okay. <laughs> so it's, I, I mean, you can you can equate that to a lot of teachers coming here for a year, right. two years, three years, just not because they, they really love teaching, but because they don't want to go back home and right. kind of face it. It's, it's a good face strategy. reality yeah. in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I can see my life's trajectory as not what I want to do, but... I'm sure that I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to look at my options. <laughs> there, there's paths that go, and you're like, I'm not doing that one. But yeah, these exactly. are these yeah, are open. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Any of these are better. <laughs> have you have you seen the everything everywhere all at once? I've been hearing that phrase so much recently. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Is it and, a recent movie? Yeah. It, so, where where did you get into in the states? And did you did you apply many places, or did you get into the only place you applied? Or you know how. People apply for universities. There's always a safety school, and there's a yeah. school that you want to go. Spread your seed everywhere. And mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but Korea is like Seoul, 
Kore de mm-hmm. and Ursande. Right. That's a three, <laughs> three like two wishes and, a, <laughs> two wishes and a safety. Like, the safety is reality. The ones are like a pipe dream. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. I've been, and Was and, Harvard on your list or no? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I couldn't get that far. Um, actually, I got into uh, Wisconsin, Medicine State. And um, the thing was that I wrote my introduction, like, introduction letter and it looked good good enough <laughs> and they read my first sentence and i was like holy i just i just gotta i don't want you in my school because your grade does, it's not that good your sat is not that mm. good but i just want to see you i was like okay <laughs> yeah. actually i heard that from one of the interviewers <laughs> like, i can't believe it's real like yeah. i can't believe you've been to this kind of places yeah. your whole life so take you to chop shop in ghana or what do they call it right. the chop chop house yeah what is it for a little bush meat yeah for bush meat yeah fufu penke and bush meat well and and luckily i got in there and it was a state school so it's not that enormously expensive right. even though i was a foreigner and but the, oh, school, hold on right? a minute as a foreigner isn't it still 50 grand a year but like comparing to comparing to other uh, other universities well, but even, even in the states well, if you go to school in your state it might be like 10 or 12 grand if you go out of state it's like 20 30 40 mm-hmm. for well, america I, I understand but you're out of state for if you're a foreigner everything's out of state no you're considered an out of state or like an international student so you're still paying it's a 100 bit cheaper than like international international school like okay okay right. oh, for actual university that's still crazy to think oh my god so how did you yeah. pay for that the loan did for the two fact, years. Yeah, yeah. And, um, so the loan is for whatever school you get into? doesn't matter? As long as I have to ex- ex- like accept this letter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah wow. That, uh, it was kind of cool. They don't have that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Lost it>. <laughs> <laughs> How many kids didn't pay that back? Just went to the States, never came back. Yeah. Right. Because usually, that was my goal too. Actually, I didn't want to come back. I just want to get a job in the States or Canada. I thought Mark paid right. back the loan. <laughs> <laughs> well, now they're all being forgiven by Biden. <laughs> only 10 grand, huh? And for a certain, yeah. and for certain, yeah. uh, certain things. Anyways, yeah. yeah. So what'd you study there? Uh, business. Because my whole parents' dream for me was business. What's yeah. your business experience? Mm-hmm. Failed copper mining. There Ghana. you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're hired. Do, you know how much you probably learned from that? Mm-hmm. Do you know how much you, you learned indirectly from, yeah. from dealing with all that shit? Right. Oh, it's incredible. You can't teach that. There's no, no. professor that can teach mm. business so, through the failure of a, of a copper mine. So did you finish there? And what was, I mean, in Canada, we grew up and college life in the States is like, this crazy party with with all the frat houses and sororities and mm-hmm. but they can't drink till 21 and we can drink it girls gone wild you know, 15 16 on the bottle. <laughs> girls gone wild yeah i mean spring you know break, gone wild? it's it's uh, all this canadian universities are a lot smaller right i'm not as many much less populated but what what was your university life like well no boarding school no no priests or nuns or anyone watching you what, what's the Outcome. First thing I remember when I got there, it was very Caucasian. <laughs> like I actually started introducing myself. Hello, my name is Asian. And, and everybody was like, hey, hey, is Asian coming? I was like, <laughs> so I come in, hey, there's Asian. So that was kind of fun. But then um, again, <laughs> yeah, racist bastard now I think about it. <laughs> but it was all good enough. And they were kind of cool. I liked them and all that. 
but um, actually, I had to get my life back together because now I had no safety to fall back into, and I had mm. to make my own money and nobody to give me financially, you know, aid. No that'll that'll light the fire under your ass, right? Eh? And no one, there's no mummy yeah. daddy to to fall back on, yeah. Right. So it kind of gave me the push to like live to the fullest at that time. I think that was like the most memorable time in my life, also. In that nice. means experience. That means studying hard. Right. Not only studying. Well, I only studied two years. Right. Yeah. right. Like backward. Right? Uh, <laughs> but um, drinking, yeah, it's party school. But um, <laughs> but also that I was only trying to graduate. I, I wasn't trying to be the top of the class or nothing. And um, I was really focused on getting a job, like any part-time job that could offer me. And it's kind of hard being a student visa. You can't really work. But um, I was, you know, I made enough friends so I could work. Chinese restaurant. Chinese restaurants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked in a college bar for a bit. Yeah. Nice. And, right. So, yeah, that was my lifestyle. I, I finished class. I went there to, like, McDonald's, worked there for a bit, and then freaking went to, like, bar, and I would clean beer cups for until, like, 3 a.m. in the morning and things yeah. like that. And it was hard, but it was, like, the best time of my life, really. Think about it. It's so, it's so weird, eh? Right. The, the, the more hardest, you put in, yeah. the more rewarding it is. Right. But the hard grinds when you're in it, like, shit. Or, the, I mean, your trip to India or, or our early years teaching here. Mm-hmm. Dude, reflecting back, you're like, oh, that's such a pain in the ass. Best time ever. Right. I mean, lived in a one room that was the size of this <laughs> the size of this studio here, you know. Yeah, there's a fire. Um, there's There was a fire I had. Like, I need to do this. I need to get through this. Yeah. And things like yeah. that. That's awesome. Yeah. Crushing goals. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. But then, again, still, it's a part-time job, so I can't pay for that. So mm. that was fun. So <laughs> mm. that's why I became a... I, I started working as a welder, too, in Canada. That's the next thing on the docket. So, <laughs> Wait, you, oh. you just showed up with a mask. You're like, oh, here, give me that torch. <laughs> uh, no, he's had you a different top business. of mine experience, man. Pays off everywhere. Mm. Right. You want to be a welder? Sure. You want to wait crazier places than that. My parents met in Ulsan. They make ships. <laughs> they had a weld ships. So, I'm a welder now. <laughs> so you graduated, and then it wasn't. I mean, why didn't you get a job in the states? Because there's nothing for me to do there. And the visa thing also, I couldn't change. But after you graduate, isn't it? Isn't there a, a transition or a whatever visa? Like in Canada, I know they have. Well, those. I, yeah, I had to compare it, and then what came to mind was I got. I heard this from a friend. He's a Canadian, and he told me about this labor job that he had after he was going to go, and that's why. And labor job, they pay at that time. I remember it was like sixteen hours about, uh, an hour. Sixteen bucks an hour. Sixteen dollars yeah. an hour. And after eight hours, you get one point five. And after twelve, you get like two times. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'll do that. So it was. But bigger. hold on, you didn't think like, what about my business degree? Like I'm supposed to be doing business. Oh, he's got to pay for his loan. For right, that was yeah. the first thing because I had to start from the bottom if I wanted to become a, you know, working work in, in a company. company. Right. right. Sweet, and yeah. I didn't have time for that. I could see that loan interest falling on right mm-hmm. now every t- every month or so. I was kind of threatened by that. So I needed like quick money, like quick fix and, fix and all that. So that's why I got into Canada, Edmonton. I was going to say oil fields. Right. So. But what about welding? Like you actually have to know how to weld. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> actually, uh, I started to work. Figure as it a out. <laughs> I was a laborer in this um, sand, sand oil pipe. Yeah. And. Um, I was working there. I was the hardest worker, and you know everything was good. Well, well hold on, mm-hmm. because most guys don't say everything's good there. Coming out of, I'm from well, my family's in Winnipeg, right? So I, I used to play hockey and then come home in the summers to Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. But everyone I went to high school with, right. hillbilly, you know, type 
farmer, mm-hmm. whatever, country guys. And they drive their hot rods to school every day and right. snow machines in the winter. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you graduate, mm-hmm. it was straight to the oil fields. Right. Because you can make 50 grand yeah. at 18 years old. Mm-hmm. You can make 50, 60 That's grand. That's only like journeymen too. And yeah. Mm. And, and that was pulling wrenches and stuff, which they did anyways. Like right. every free hour they had, they were fixing cars and mm-hmm. souping up lawnmowers and whatever else. So <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> My John Deere on 22. So like it was automatic to head straight out there. Mm-hmm. And then like they'd come home for whatever, they're one month off or one month in, one month out or whatever they're doing. And the guy would have a new ATV, mm-hmm. new snow machine, right. brand new Dodge Ram, mm-hmm. bag of cocaine. <laughs> and they like, what the hell kind of work are you doing out there? Love and that was it. Like, it was just, they just printed money. Yeah, you go work 18-hour days or right. something for a month. Mm-hmm. And then you get a month out and you come home and play with your toys. Right. Nice. So is that, I'm, I mean, I can just imagine as a guy in debt, you're like, well, shit, I can do that. Right. But being a welder means you have to go to this, um, like, Nate, like technical. Yeah, like, that's like where that. Petey went. Hmm. Right. Ah, okay. And um, Bernal Bernal Technical, the technical school. Or yeah, uh, institute. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's Sate Sate too, right? Right. Yeah. And the uh, thing Petey. was that I there's another way. If you work in a, in a company for a year, they give you a pass for the test, um, like you know. Hmm. And so I got registered by CWE to CWB is like Canadian Welding Association yeah. or like Bureau or something, and. I started working as a labor because I didn't want to go to school. I, I'm not going to make any more debt, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the work is hard, but also I, I get to make some friends there. And then they, I would ask them, hey, can you teach me welding? Dude, what a wild freaking life. <laughs> How many Asian <laughs> business, people out there in school Canadian oil? Madison, <laughs> Wisconsin, out to the oil rigs in Alberta. Oh, Man. my God. Well, I just... And in the beginning, I was like, okay, I'm just going to pay off my debt and then I'm going to do my yeah. own thing. I'm going to go to a company, start yeah. working as a businessman kind of thing. But then again, while I was working there, I had, it was kind of like, I see them. I see welders working. They don't work very hard. They just stand by with their MIGs and they just just feeding it. Mm. They do a bad job at it because I had to grind all that shit down after they didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you said, I want to make the bad job and some other poor bastard right. can grind my shit down. <laughs> So that Nate's was life motto. There you go, right? You pick up my shit. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my next goal. Pipe you grinder. If right. it pays, it pays. <laughs> but they get paid shitload of money. So how long yeah. were you a grinder before? <laughs> <laughs> how long were you a grinder before? How long you did you grind pipes? <laughs> I, was, I was a good grinder. <laughs> well, I was, I worked there for a year. Grinding for a year, and then <laughs> then you went to Nate. No, I actually just took the test as a. And at that time, you can take the test and you can start working as a apprentice welder. Mm, cool. That's how you start becoming your journeymanship, right? But so you did you you went to Nate for like a week or a month or? They has a special course. They have a special course with like summertime. They have like two month course you can take, and you know it was not that hard. Mm-hmm. So I figured I can take that and I start my apprenticeship yeah. and all that. And it's all about having like experiences in the in the company. That was the biggest thing. Sure. Mm. Who are you working for? Uh, Bracken Bra- Bra- Auto, like Bracken, Bracken, right, Bracken, just Bracken, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not big, but it was a small enough company where they hired me. So, <laughs> cool. And where were you? Were you based in Fort Mac? No, it was a little bit off Fort Mac. It was near Edmonton. It's only like where? What's it called? It was just industrial compound, though. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was not that big place. It was okay. just 
Did you ever buy loose cigarettes from a guy named AJ? <laughs> <laughs> all our, a bunch of our friends from here all live in Edmonton. Uh huh. So, oh, yeah. yeah, we got lots of lots yeah, of connections there. But if you want to go to Fort Mac, you need you need like credits to go there. It's kind of hard to get in. Mm. And with the resume of a business degree. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. <laughs> so you you took the welding course and then you went boom and started making terrible welds and. Well, I wanted to, and then my life took a short turn. Because I was by the time I was I was working a year and a half, so I was around I don't know twenty four twenty five at that time. And then Korean Army. Yeah, I was gonna Guess be a what? welder. I was yeah. just gonna settle down, meet some nice Canadian woman, and get married, have a bucket full of child or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good plan, right? And then um, suddenly I got a call from my mom that she's sick and um, she has no money for cancer. She, my mom got a cancer. She's okay now. Yeah. Uh, so. But she didn't have a cancer insurance, like one of those insurance mm -hmm. in Korea that yeah. you must have. <laughs> right. Don't worry, Mom. I can <laughs> grind it off for you. <laughs> hey, I have this two-inch grinder. Let me try. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of blood. <laughs> no, yeah. So at the time, I paid all, all my loan. Everything was good. I was in a year with, and a half? Yeah, because I worked like 12 hours a day. How much were you trying to pay off? Ballpark. It was like 80000 Holy shit. Uh -huh. Yeah. Because a lot of guys come here and one of the goals is paying off their debt working here. Right. But 80 grand in 18 months is... A lot of privates. Pretty wild. Mm -hmm. But that, that's what I say. Like, that's... Well, 50 grand a year, yeah. That's still only 75. Mm, but at that time, there's a lot of work and I always... A year and a half. Hours. The, uh, yeah. But that's what we said, like... If you didn't get tied up in the prostitution and the cocaine and all the drugs mm -hmm. out there, you make a lot of money. If you just focused for, <laughs> for three years to make the money right. and come back, buy five houses, mm -hmm. rent them out, and you're done. That I was, mean, if, if you could focus, but like my buddies that were working up there on the rigs, they have the guys coming from Belize, from Mexico, from Costa Rica. Right. Hey, buy this house. You only need 20 grand. Buy okay, mom, I just bought a house in Costa Rica. Dad, I bought another house in Belize, and then they, you know, their money's gone. They get, they can't manage these things, and then they're they're stuck with nothing. But if you could ever stay focused and just go up there and do that shit for two or three years, you got already got a nest egg built, man. Right. And, and you you get your first two three rental houses, you're laughing yeah. at, at 22, 23. no university. Right. So, yeah, the money was was gross, and that was I graduated ninety eight from high school, so. I mean, those guys are going up straight in 99, man, and the older guys, and they all went there. All right. Like, I see these cases where, like, one of my big, like, best buddy there was a fitter. And um, he has this amazing house, like, three, four, like, because yeah. basement. And, mm -hmm. and, yeah. Two story. And, yeah, amazing, amazing, like, yard. He would barbecue every day. And I was like, that was the life I wanted to live, you know? Heart attack with a with the beef. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, yeah, that was that was. So you shot. paid her off? Yes, I came. I had that's to, a big burden gone. Huge mm, relief. Yes, that's like, okay, we call it square, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's and, start life. Mm -hmm. And sending money, wiring the money was a big deal because they took like 30% as a, oh. as a party. Yeah, from Canada to Korea because <gasps> it was from a credit union to a big bank, from big bank to Korean bank. Yeah. Wow, they're right. fitting the pipe in there. No, Jesus Christ! That's insane. It was crazy. So that that's how you ended up at home. Mom was sick. You mm -hmm. came home, helped out with a wad, wad full of cash. I was like, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. And then I might as well do my army service while I'm here. Because as, as soon as I came back, my age was up. There's like, I, I'm Did not they going stop to you at the airport? 
No, they don't do that. It's all dramatic. <laughs> But they revoked my passport as soon as I got into Korea. Okay, you cannot get any more passports. What's the age? I thought it was 30. Because I, I finished my university and I can't, there's no reason for me to push back. But I thought if you had a business or, or what, I thought you could do it. You had to do it before, before 30, no? Well, I need a good reason. You always have to give a reason to. So you're a sports player, a <laughs> right. or whatever. Just Canadian pipe possible. grinder. <laughs> like, you're done. Yeah, I'm not going to give you a new one until you finish Ooh. university. And the university so you can't even leave Korea then? No. Mm -hmm. Wow, holy shit. Right. And, and as soon as I get, came back home, they sent me a post saying you have to come to the army in 15, like, after 15 days since Hours? I got back to Korea. Right. <laughs> no. 15 days? No, no. After, oh, you got to go. Every, yeah, after a month or so. You got to go meet him. Wow. Mm -hmm. For wow. checkup. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And that's how it that's came wild, to me. Right, that's, that's how it wild. came to me. And I just, I was like, I might as well finish. You up. did what, 18 months or 21 months? Uh, actually, I did much shorter. There's a loophole I found. <laughs> you can grind. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, it might play off really Different weird. kind of grinding. <laughs> what do you have to do for the loophole? Um, Because at that time, even though I came to Korea, I did a checkup and I started acting like I can't speak Korean well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Nice. And I, I was kind of mumbling and I was kind of like, you know, and those guys in the, in the checkup center, they're like, what the hell is this bastard doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like, he, How was your Korean? I mean, you've been abroad for a long time. I well, mean, it probably isn't as good as it should be or people your age. You're good enough to fake it. And, but I, I talk to my parents all the time in Korean. So yeah. it wasn't, there's not much of a communication problem. But, you know, how it wasn't up to my, snuff. My English for... is terrible now. <laughs> 20 years abroad, my English is brutal. Mm -hmm. You go home and do some of the things you do here, and they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I like testing people when I go home, just speak as fast as I can. Right. And you kind of look like, did you get all that? Like, yeah, I, I got all that. I'm like, oh, what's so weird? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, but then again. So what they say, you, you fall into the handicap, more physical disability, can't speak, whatever category. There, so at that time, there were so many like suicidal, like, like people like who died in, in the freaking in the room and all that so they took ah, the because you're not fully integrated into korean society well you, they're like they're, outcasts in okay the yeah, army, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. and they couldn't fit in not only language barriers but like you know social barriers yeah. and, and you know rebellious kind of people yeah and it was a big news everybody keep dying in the army so mm. they they were screening out carefully cool and mm. i was very lucky beautiful mm -hmm. so my knowledge then they put you either Like at a government institute, like a public school right. or somewhere, or well, no, helping was, the elderly in a hospital or something. It was a governmental institute, but um, it, I was put under this general, like you know. And then I, what I did was basically I had to, I had to kind of just translate as much mm -hmm. as I could. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I did do do a boot camp though. I did a boot camp for you know, yeah. that six weeks or six weeks course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How uh, nice. mm -hmm. interesting. Right. That's cool, man. Mm -hmm. You dodge a huge, a uh, huge bullet with that. Right, that's awesome. Cool. So post the uh, post army. Okay. Well, I mean, I, so how hmm. many months were you in the army then? Uh, I was year? just under a year. Okay. You okay? Mm -hmm. I can cut it out after. You gotta go. Right now. I'm parked in a parking spot on the side. I got where? It's cold too. They just phoned head on. Okay. What the fuck? No, stop for two seconds. Hold on. It's parked right in the front. Then like in the parking spot next to the <laughs> next to the. Do you smoke? Yeah. Uh, you want to go for a smoke? Can we? Yeah, just go for it. This way, that's all. 
Should I do just a solo run? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Nate just got a call saying that he has to move his car. Even if he has parked it in a parking spot. And that has caused all three of the other people in this room to go away for their own reasons. What a crazy life, huh? You go to Australia when you were eight, just randomly board a plane, move to Malaysia next year, spend some time there in a Christian school, even though you were not raised religious. Kind of strange. Then move to China. Then move to Ghana. Just zigzagging across the globe. Go to US for a business degree. And then join... <laughs> join a company in Canadian oil fields to work as a welder come back to find out you can't leave Korea so gotta do the army we'll see where this goes but you can't write this thing even if you are a fiction writer it's so random wonder how crazy this will keep going in future right we could talk to this guy for like six seven eight hours and it won't be enough there's so many stories I gotta leave at 20. And we are back from a short break. <laughs> uh, I did like a two minute thing. Nice. <laughs> Shit talking us all. <laughs> no, no, no. What an asshole Nate is. Probably that bald jerk. Anybody know where we were there? Yep. I uh, finished, uh, finished the army. So I think a lot of people here anyways, or a, a lot of students I've, I've talked to, their dream... Is like uh, I don't know. Go work at HHI. Mm-hmm. It seems like uh, seems like the natural or, or a, kind of the the well trodden path right. to go to school, finish your uni, boom, get into a big company. This mm-hmm. is the dream. You took the the road less <laughs> the road less traveled, the road mm-hmm. less taken. What is it there? And you ended up at HHI as well, mm-hmm. right? So how or what made you apply for that? What what kind of put that in your in your head because you you said that you hadn't even heard of Ulsan before right <laughs> like, like we're living in outer space or something down here and no one knows who we are just in the shadow of Busan right. I thought it was like part of part of Busan to be honest yeah, yeah. <laughs> not bad uh, soul lights all the same because <laughs> yeah soul people they just think about soul that's it yeah. <laughs> but um, actually I have a I have an uncle from my mom's side like here mm. going to HHI and uh, I was just you know regular days just staying home doing nothing because all my loans were paid off and mm. I just wanted some rest you know and I was kind of falling back because I worked so hard I just thought I just needed some rest mm. and my parents hated me for that because mm. I wasn't doing anything just staying at home no friends you know like staying home watching TV all that <laughs> so becoming Korean yeah becoming <laughs> Korean yes, yes. <laughs> what, what year is this? Uh, it was after after army 
I had like six months off just staying at home,、mm. smelling like reek of alcohol and all that. Yeah, <laughs> so like 2015, adjusting. It should, yeah, something、oh, okay. like that.、Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need that period in your life, man. Take、mm-hmm. a step back, right? Cleanse your brain with alcohol. Just forget about everything. <laughs> I, I was still mourning about, you know, I had a, I had a Pontiac G6 when I was in Canada, and then after driving that for six months, I had to, you know, sell it to come、yeah. back to Korea. So, kind of mourning over that. <laughs> <laughs> But um, at the in the end, my parents were like, "You gotta get out of the house. Like, stop, stop being such a lazy bum."、Mm. So I was like, "Okay, okay, I'll start looking." And my mom just gave me this. Thing, her uncle, like my uncle,、mm. told her that there's a job going in HHI,、mm. uh, hiring for QC, but more into translation department.、Mm-hmm. So、um, apparently, it's a big thing, <laughs> and a lot of foreigners coming into Donggu, and they need me to show around a lot. Yeah,、mm-hmm. So okay, so I applied, and yeah, after interview, I got it, and you know, I just got in, and I, I. Didn't stay with my uncle this time. I didn't stay with anyone. <laughs> I just went to this. There's a learning facility in HHI, where there's there's a dorm and you learn there for two months and you're you're good to go.、Mm. And、um, yeah, after that, I just it just seemed very easy to me. Just moving to a new place, adjusting to new people,、yeah. new job, new all that. <laughs> new people. <laughs> with airport. How was it, sir? Just little side note. How was the interview for HHI? It was kind of fun. Yeah, I was I was the only one there. I still talk to him. <laughs> he still meets me for alcohol sometimes. Yeah, and he still talks to me about this. You were the only guy who was smiling at the interview. <laughs> oh yeah. He actually thought I was a joke. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you should. Copper mind.、Right. Fucking <laughs> lying sack、usually、of shit. All, get out of here. <laughs> all the interviews are like stone, like straight up. They don't. They don't slouch. Well, when you're when、What、your whole life is. You? Well, that's what they say. <laughs> just just be yourself, right? Like, but when why, your your whole life、pretend? leads up, I mean, your your whole life is this is like the culmination of all your hard work. Like,、mm-hmm. go for one interview, right? Oh, that, that's gotta be. But if、crushing. you've never been, if、yeah. you've never been in that serious situation your whole life, like the kids here have,、mm-hmm. that kind of prepares you, maybe better prepares you for that. Right. Being more casual. And, <laughs> hey, if I fail, who cares? <laughs> These other guys have studied their whole life to get jobs there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.、So. People are gonna listen to this now. Suddenly, there's gonna be like this shift. Everyone's gonna walk in like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for my job. I'm relaxed. I feel fine. We got to oh, see. You got to stay one step ahead, though. You got to open the relaxed, smiling hogwan.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> so relaxed. When, when you started there, did you think, okay, I've made it. I'm in a company now. I'm doing. I, I got a career. I got a job. Or、um, I really didn't think too much into it. I at the, back then I didn't know it was such a huge company.、Mm. Like. So first, when I came, I thought actually Donggu was just an island. Like you know, it is. It feels like an island. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how they talk about like there's a fifty percent is just HHI in Donggu and all、mm. that. And I thought, okay, now it's a big company. So it was <laughs> the kids there come up with the coveralls on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> But um, I never actually like Ulsan wasn't a place I was gonna settle.、Mm. I thought I'm gonna get some experience, you know, because when I First graduated university, you know, if I didn't have any loans, I would have started in the company, and then I'll get my resume built up and、yeah. move to an, like another place back in Seoul, probably.、Yeah. So But, this is a stepping stone, ideally,、right. to something else. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Cool. So that's why maybe that's another thing where I felt so comfortable in the interview.、Mm. If I didn't get it, whatever it is.、Yeah. And then you fell in love with Ulsan. <clears throat> Of course, <laughs> <laughs> I think those are the best interviews ever. Like you, you just, just go there. Yeah, if I don't get it, it's fine.、Mm-hmm. I'm just、yeah. going there. Right, that's 
to win your I think that's some of our best interviews here too. <laughs> if I worry about like, what am I gonna ask? What am I gonna ask? And then you're all you're you're worried about it, but mm-hmm. you go in nice and loose here. You're right. laughing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, actually, I shouldn't be saying this, but I, I I got I got in the interview a little bit drunk. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you smell like booze. Welcome aboard. <laughs> were, you, were you drinking last night? Yes, lots. Yes. How many days? How many Still days made it today. Yeah. <laughs> Listen on that smiling, relaxed, <laughs> Hagoan. <laughs> they got an alcohol consumption checklist before you get on. Do you drink soju? The breathalyzer there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, you know you can't ride a bike drunk here? You can't? <laughs> dude, our last, our last guest got pulled over like the night before the interview uh-huh. for drinking and driving on his bicycle. We're talking about the pedaling thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not, not the electric bike, dude. Just like pedaling his bike. I, I said to my father-in-law and my wife, and they're like, of course. I was like, what the hell do you mean of course? And my father-in-law goes, but you're allowed to drive the Gyeonggi drunk is okay. And I was like, like he drives the Gyeonggi yeah. on the highway, right. gooned. Gyeonggi over the tractor? Yeah, yeah. Tractor <laughs> But you can't. And he's like, of course, it's a bicycle. Of course you can't drive drunk. And then he goes, but the Gyeonggi is okay. And my wife's like, because <laughs> he drives it all the time. I bounce that question off a lot of the uh, my adult students, and the, they were just, yeah, of course you can't drive drunk, Mike, but why? What, what's can you the, walk drunk? Like the whole reason for DUI is you don't want to kill anybody. That's what he said. Well, it's it's so dangerous, Mike, for the dummy who's driving his bike drunk. How? What I, if they? What if he falls down? Like then that's your own yeah, fault. I, you, think, I think they tried telling me that a lot of pe- drunk people got hurt on their bikes, by getting themselves. hit by cars or something uh, else. So. Okay. Well, they, is that not their own fault? If I I would, in my perfect world, if I'm driving a car and a drunk guy just jumps onto the road with his bike mm-hmm. and then you mush him. Yeah. Why were you driving like that on the road? Mm-hmm. You're an idiot. Right. Why? I don't think we need the government to I regulate. Full the drunk. government is yeah. protecting right. you from your possible accidents. You don't need the government to protect you. <laughs> yeah. like, we're just going to th- wrap everyone in bubble wrap and... Uh, Zorby boys. Yeah. So, Fast forward two years, you're going to be laying on, on your track. floor. Back on what track. if you're in a wheelchair? Handicaps can't drink now? electric or not. Motorized or not. Jeez Louise. So, so was, this part of, was this part of the pre-corona or, or the downsizing that, of yeah. all of the shipyard at once that kind of led to the end of this or what? Well, at that time, okay, um, I got into this place. It was a QC department and um, it was before corona. Yeah. No, nobody ever even heard of it. Hmm. And what happened was, you know, there's a gradual decline of yeah. HHI. I thought there was a little bit of a peak when I got hired, I guess. Hmm. And then, uh, yeah, they cut like the newest apartment first and i was like the kind of project base you know, mm. translation with you know quality assurance yeah. kind of thing and actually it was a funny thing they actually offered me a one-year full pay but with no overtime okay and but i had to stop working but it was kind of cool for me because by that time like a severance I, package like a severance but i've been only working there for like six months so <laughs> so they paid you an extra year or an extra, extra six, six months? months oh okay, okay. Right. beautiful Right. Best job ever. Yeah. You got another one of these? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do next January? Uh, how was the job? Uh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, how was the job when, like, compared to the Canadian job you had? Like, <laughs> so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> Less pipe yeah. friend. Mm, yeah. Because Canada was a dream job. Because eh? it's physical labor. It's, it's, it's not easy. Yeah, it's not easy. But, you know, there's that environment that you get set up. 
everybody's like everything's filled with smog and everybody working hard waiting for that coffee break after mm. two hours kind of work for those you know and but in in hhi i don't want to say bad things about it but every every 20 minutes 10 minutes is a coffee break nice <laughs> because mm. i was with my like predecessor was teaching me mm. and by the time he was goner so he, he just showed me all the ways not to slack off mm. <laughs> so to, he, make it, to make yourself look busy mm, yeah, 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 yeah. so he first thing he taught me was where all the bathrooms were and where <laughs> oh good lord and creepy mm, yeah. <laughs> well yeah we got an app <laughs> but if you go there bathroom one three five and seven have cameras <laughs> <laughs> if you go there it's right there's like so many guys were just sitting on their toilet not moving and <laughs> sleeping right. sleeping off the hangover uh, for like 30 minutes or so that's why the that's why the uh, the bidet the heated bidets are so popular oh, here man so good it was like Jeez, it was like hot tub for my ass yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah so HHI's worse I mean taking coffee breaks every 20 minutes is worse than well you're just trying to fill the time yeah it doesn't pass you're just trying to fill it it just felt like it's longer than you know me working 12 hours a day you know and I couldn't hit the ground back you know and actually I was kind of relieved when they gave me that you know package severance Mm. package kind of deal because at that by that time I was introduced to so many parents with their children and Mm. there's a Hyundai high school Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, I started teaching them like conversational Uh, English so by that time I already had you know I've been working on and off since high school but mm. I've been teaching on and off but I figure you know because I kind of found out that Ulsan was loaded as far as I was concerned I don't still right. I just came out last week with the things Ulsan's number three mm-hmm. what is Sejong it Sejong City GDP uh, like mm. Sejong City something Ulsan mm-hmm. what, what's Seoul the... Seoul Sejong Seoul Gangnam, Ulsan probably. Uh, 42 it used to be like sixty-five or something ridiculous. Seventy, eighty, yeah. But but imagine imagine living on forty-two grand in Ulsan compared to Seoul. Right. It's like double. It's yeah. like double the salary here. Yeah. How the hell do you live in Seoul for forty-two? No. Oh my god. Anyways, so you you start uh, you pivot towards teaching. Mm-hmm. It's the opportunity presents itself. You right. you pick it up, start teaching kids. And you know, I kind of like the relaxation. You know, just working after two, start teaching. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's, and I never actually worked in an academy. I just did private tutoring mm. my whole life. So <clears throat> cool. Yeah, I I would be smashed drunk like until three a.m. I still have to wake up at eleven. Yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. You know, that was kind of enjoyable time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you, uh, when does Beanstalk? When does the idea for Beanstalk pop up? I actually thought of this for a long time i wanted like a place where you know don't be afraid to speak english don't be afraid to show your true self yeah Yeah, kind of deal be yourself Mm -hmm. cafe right Mm. and you know anything goes have fun kind of deal so that's how i started building towards an idea it was kind of a nugget idea but i started to research more and more it was kind of hard to do in ulsan because it's kind of small places and, and you know people know each other not so much so mm. but compared to Seoul definitely yeah and also word travels fast in Ulsan yeah that's another thing <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of careful you know uh-huh. I started to build my you oh, know that guy. from ground <laughs> zero started to meet people and kind of get the idea and feel of it all mm. at this point is there no thought of returning to Seoul 
No, or Canada, because or I was comfortable away from my parents, really. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, as long as I had some money rolling in and I started to get lazy, I didn't want to, you know, start a resume. And by that time, I was yeah. already like 28. So I figured... Yeah, I'll take it slow and I start my own business. Yeah, that that was a that yeah. was a deal. Mm-hmm. I like uh, I like that it's what is like forever. It's a, a work in progress, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your your original concept. Right, that ah, doesn't work, or I mean, Corona sidetracks you. Mm-hmm. You pivot. You start something new. Right. right. That's uh, that's awesome. And what are the what are the plans for the future? You want to who you want to you? I don't know if you mentioned Academy. Mm-hmm. Do you want to continue with the with the cafe? What's the what's the hopes and dreams? Right now, I'm using the space as like a reservation for people who wants to come on the weekend usually because yep. all the academy finishes quite late. Yeah, yeah. So um, so on the weekdays, what I usually do is I bring my students, I teach them in the cafe. Yeah, nice, Not for nice. children because, you know, the, in, the, the government of mm-hmm. education will be all up in my ass. Of but, course. Right. But with adults mainly. I, I <laughs> you got to grind them off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So I figured now I'm leaning towards an place where I can teach adult and have it's a similar concept but I want to have foreigners and Korean adults kind of gather together and mingle yeah. and have a board game night and and also there are a lot of adults who want to get out of Ulsan mm. and another thing with that is they need to learn English and they want to leave Korea I can help them with that because I've been to so many places yeah. and um, I can recommend some you know my friends can get some yeah. connection all that so right now my dream not dream, but my, my idea, my path, it feels like I want to create a place where I help adults and children leave Korea to for education. Yeah, that's awesome. And job, right? That's mm-hmm. awesome. I love, <clears throat> the you know, more opportunities presenting yeah. itself. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're open to, you're not so narrowly focused mm-hmm. in your in your vision. That's right. awesome, man. Business tip, uh, say it as you want adults to explore outside world, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. leave Korea. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, but that's what they say. I got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been writing my cover letter. Always positive, huh? Leave Korea. Explore new frontiers. Well, I think there's a huge, a huge market for korean students going abroad right because corona is almost finished and they can't wait to get out no well and and so many places (laughs) places don't have students inbound or outbound (laughs) it's uh it's just been completely shut off in a lot Mm -hmm. of countries so it's it's a great time to start getting into that and trying to catch that that wave as it as it goes forward because Mm -hmm. it's gonna it's gonna explode again as countries america just what quit the testing you don't have to test to get into America anymore. Oh, really? Over so, test. yeah. So since it, I got it, I just feel it's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Go travel a bit and see. Yeah. You get stuck somewhere, or get it somewhere else, or get oh. rejected somewhere, or get stuck in Australia for three years or something, then you, you oh, think different. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. So what is is that is that the dream job? Well, or if if you could do anything, would it be business related? Would it be grinding or welding more, or, or what would be the dream job if if you could do what you really wanted? Financially grinding, <laughs> lifestyle, <laughs> lifestyle, yeah. lifestyle wise, yeah. But mainly, I'm now focused on showing people how to experience somewhere other than Osan and somewhere other than Korea itself and so like travel agent travel well Consultant not only travel agent but you have one 
consultant. Yeah, you yeah. have one kind of deal, consulting, and you know, sending them to the right educational fundamentals, like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and that's the biggest thing. I I did. I did try. I called a few of the Yuhaguans around Seoul and Busan because there's not many in Busan apparently. What is a Yuhaguan? It's a academy where you send people abroad. Basically. Oh, okay. so third, third party. For... They'll they'll help you with paperwork. Right. And, oh, okay, okay, okay. They have probably established connections with mm-hmm. other places, so mm-hmm. they send you there. They get their cut. Right. Yeah. Like okay. beats and all that. Mm. But um, you'd be surprised how many like uh, owners of those Yuhagwan have no experience. Like they can't speak no, English. No, same as Hagwan. Same as Hagwan owners. Hagwan, yeah. yeah, they can't speak English. They have no experience. They don't know what to do. Hmm. They just go with the curriculum they already have that worked before. So they they get training for six months or so, and they just do whatever they want. Hmm. But I thought I kind of have the edge there because I've been there. I've been to those places. I know how it feels like. Yeah, you know, and use I, that experience, man. I can actually communicate with the, the education providers. Yeah, <laughs> that's, nice. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Man. What about what about the the desire for the cooking in the cafe style thing? Is that just going to be put on the back burner? Or well, a- like I mentioned, I actually still want to have like a mingling session on and off here. And uh, I thought once I have enough adult students also and I can have some foreigner friends over Hmm. and have them kind of meet. And you'll see so many Koreans are just scared to meet foreigners. Hmm. They just don't want to. They ask me. I teach at the Yosawegon. And they say, oh, where can we we meet foreigners? But they want to meet in the afternoons. Mm -hmm. But that might also be, you know, uh, a brunch. Right. A a brunch because a lot of the Hagwon teachers don't go to work until Mm -hmm. one or two. Right. But a brunch for for the ladies and... A quarter, um, quarterly market. Mm-hmm. We used to have the the monthly markets here. Yeah. Right. Those are there's lots of opportunity mm-hmm. to do it. Movie night, board game night, whatever. It's right. tons of tons of stuff. So I kind of wanted to create a space where everybody could come along yeah. and have fun. Kind of. So. That's good, man. We need more more people like that facilitating the mm-hmm. <clears throat> the intermingling of yeah of the residents here. We, we can keep going as well. You're good. She's gonna pick up Lena, so I got a few more questions. Sweet. Though. All right, we just got um, uh, we just got power upped. <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned it once or twice, but all the places, how how does discrimination or, or racism figure into the equation? Did you did you feel it? Did you? How did it impact you? Did it change you coming back to Korea and, and meeting foreigners here and maybe what we go through, mm-hmm. or what what was the impact of discrimination through all your years abroad? Well, because people, I, people called me Asia for, for Asia 18 months. For like, right. <laughs> <laughs> but is that, a, sorry to cut in, was that, um, how do you call it? Like a, like a friendly, like, hey, what's up, Asia? Yeah. It's well, more, he beginning. introduced himself as Asia. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Because okay, okay. my, my motto was steer into the skid, really. I just, mm. I just like figured I can't avoid it. Might as well go into it. Oh, it's like yeah. having a shaved head here. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, get hated on big time. In the beginning, <laughs> talk about racism. Try being bald, bro. <laughs> Some tattoo on that. <laughs> in the beginning, I was offended, to be honest. Mm. I mean, you know, it kind of felt like it's just it's just a skin color. You can't really say things about that. Mm. But you know, they kind of enjoy it. They enjoy kind of making fun of you and all that. But if you admit. And if you just take it into the fact that they yeah. don't care, they don't That's really Jeff's, have fun anymore. Jeff's specialty. Oh, is that right? <laughs> I'm an old fat bastard. Who cares? <laughs> but that, I mean, that's look at the the cutting edge of 
uh, of comedy in America. Mm-hmm. It's laughing at yourself. Right. It's poking fun at everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's how yeah. it should be, man. Yeah. We maybe uh, again we're being a, a white male is mm-hmm. not. You know, we're not at the at the forefront of getting right. getting hated on racially. But um, like you said, yeah, if you that's probably the best way. If you mm-hmm. can just laugh it off, not right. not coming, take it so serious. Coming home did it change your perspective? Like now, can you look at Koreans? Ooh, like we should be nicer. We should. Or is it? Hey, that's what I went through. It's everywhere. Deal with it. No, I'm pretty. Sh- I'm. I'm sure there's a better way to deal with all that discrimination and everything. But I can't change everybody. So gotta right. start with somewhere. Gotta start somewhere, right? Yeah. And Related to that, like mm-hmm. through all of your experience here, what would be some values you would like to bring to Korea and like see m- more in Korean people? I. Or just Actually, like everyone else, mm. I want people to see people as just people, not mm. by race or you know things like that. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't we've talked about it before? Don't judge someone based on on one one factor. You know, if someone's a circle. They like this is maybe your culture that you grew right. up in. This is your job, and this is we we evaluate people based on job mm-hmm. or clothes or your car or or one thing. You know, did right. you did you get lots of buffle buffle buffle? No. In Ghana? <laughs> no, that like uh, oh, Obrin, Obroni and Obroni. Yeah, Obroni, yeah, Obroni. Yeah. What's Obroni? Obroni's a white man. Dead Man's Market. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the, uh, but like, I think it's funny. Like where I, I was in the Western region on the Ivorian border. Okay. And I was the only white guy for miles and miles until the, the mines in the Ivory Coast. Mm-hmm. But... They would say, white man, white man. And they'd be so proud that they, and, and you know, then they would, I guess, in Nzima, Bafle, how are you? We are fine, thank you. But they would call you out and chant and everything. Yeah. And you felt, it, it didn't feel like, I mean, you couldn't go home and say, hey, black guy or the N-word or anything else. Like, you, you're asking for a death sentence. Mm-hmm. But I find here, like, Weigugin bugs me more in Korea mm-hmm. than them calling me Bafle or Bruni in right. Ghana. And I don't, I, I don't know why, why I think Koreans have, it's not malintent, it's just ignorance. I think like there, they don't know there. I invaded like the jungle. Like hey, you got no idea who this big white guy is. But, but here I'm like, you guys are smarter. Like you, you should know that that's not, but how that's you a, it's a, la- it's a, I think it's a, a problem with language. Yeah, but I, I'm saying, but that's why I, I, I have a f- problem with myself. Why I let that bug me here more when I hear mm-hmm. Weigugin. Like, come on, really? No, maybe You're, there they are just directly addressing it to you. Here they kind of speak to their friend. Right. Or, or, it's like or, or, they're shy. Yeah. Like Koreans are very shy. They can't start a conversation. Even with Koreans to Koreans too, <clears throat> if you really think about it. And I, and I feel being out of, like just in a completely foreign culture, mm-hmm. anything's kind of acceptable because... It's not ignorant. You just you just don't know. It's just whatever. But in Korean and, language, and I could say yeah. I could say to them, "Hey, Kofi, smile. I can't see you because I'd be walking down the street. He goes, my dingo, my dingo. Is that you, Kofi? Smile. I can't see you. And and they would smile. And they would they <laughs> would just <laughs> they, they, they would just laugh. But I mean, you could never say at home you'd be put in jail. <laughs> but there we can. And they're like. My dingo, you glow in the dark. <laughs> and like, get lost. <laughs> so, but but it was kind of mutual, and it was, there was yeah, nothing yeah. hurtful or there's harmful no, yeah, about yeah, right. it. But there's also no okay. slavery in Ghana. It, it had, mm-hmm. uh-huh. well, there's a, that's where all the slaves came from. Well, yeah. back then, there's no slavery in Ghana. 
It doesn't ah, have. Okay, they didn't like. They didn't. Well, back. they were. They still are. I mean, go watch them work in the mines, dude. I mean, it's worse than probably slave labor. Go watch them work the mines, dude. With a but bucket. That's, but no, but I mean, racial, like racially. Yeah, uh, it's more degraded. It, it wasn't in, white in, guys going to yeah. steal black guys from a country. But but uh, yeah, my main point was just in that place where we both don't really know each other's cultures. Nothing mattered. Mm, yeah. it, it didn't matter at all, and we could both. There wasn't anything against the rules or whatever. Just, oh, he's a dumb white guy then, or whatever. Yeah. But there's was, more. There's better things to worry about in your. Yeah, that that's what it was like. Like yeah. people didn't care about that. No one was going to focus on any of those little things because it didn't. That's really like matter. the the hierarchy of needs, right? If you got if your shelter's taken care of and mm-hmm. you're you got some clean water and right. food, you know, once you get to that. No, it's also just like mutual shit talking. Like when we were kids. In our apartment, there was like a fat guy. Everyone called him fat guy. <laughs> then there is like a buck tooth. Everyone <laughs> calls him buck tooth. Yeah. Yeah. Not very hurtful though, is it? <laughs> because you should be ready to take it back, like whatever they call you. And then it's just oh, like, yeah, absolutely. yeah. The intent is all love. Like it, there is no like I'm going to bully you mm-hmm. or I, I'm trying to degrade you. It's just who, who are you talking, talking about? Yeah. We we're talking about someone yesterday who uh, we used to call him Skinny Mini. <laughs> I mean, rails, <laughs> bones. I mean, we had names for you guys too. I mean. Yeah, but I. I can't remember who we were talking about, but it was just the the, the person. Nah, I remember who it was, but we're saying who grew up probably sh- like currently they're very socially awkward mm-hmm. and make very like try to make a really funny joke and kind of they're they're the only person laughing <laughs> and you're like oh you didn't grow up in that in that really hard to survive yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, ball busting culture where like he said everyone you have something wrong like you get a stain <laughs> on your shirt like you know whatever whatever it is you can you're the you middle that's school the kids I don't like about something. drinking in Korea that you can't bring it up the next day it's like forbidden to it's say so hush, right? hey Mr. Kim you puking <laughs> all over the road are you okay <laughs> forget past is past <laughs> don't remember the past I'm like, but we would grind your gears for months about this until the next time we went out if this happened at it's all. grind your pipes now yeah. we're grind your pipes it's not <laughs> regular another day in Korea <laughs> you, had, you, had, you had mentioned earlier about being or one in the message about being the oldest guy in the army mm-hmm. can you speak a little bit to that and what, what it was like going in there and he wasn't in the regular army Right. Oh yeah, you did the thing. Right. Oh, yeah. But a little bit too that in the boot camp that was the biggest thing though. Like I was I was older than the you know of like official like the right. actual oh, army like uh for occupational yeah. army men. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they have to tell me what to do, but you guys then again speak Korean. Right. And they they have to tell me what to do, but the thing is that I'm older than you know him. No permission. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but like I live my whole life outside of Korea, so that whole Hierarchy. Oh, you're right. Hierarchy didn't really bother me because yeah. it's just an age. Age is a number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were always kind of having a hard time around me. <laughs> and I was like, okay, just be, just be cool. Just, just. No, it makes it really uncomfortable. Right. Incur- Even current. when I was working at SK, when the boss was 45 mm-hmm. and all the guys under him were 45 to 55, they got a really hard time dealing with that. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's changing a lot, but it's it's still there. Well, then, as, as a follow up to that one, then. I was going to ask about the culture shock mm-hmm. when you moved home from the state or from Canada mm-hmm. to be with your mom and what, like that must've been really, really difficult oh, yeah. or really mentally challenging. I mean, 
that many years abroad and coming back and just okay now you're a full Korean mm-hmm. be, be Korean and, and it could you're be nothing. comforting too I mean it's something that you've maybe some, some wondered parts or would be for sure what I mean or imagined about his whole it's life it's like us going mm-hmm. home I mean yeah some parts comforting mm-hmm. for three or four days and I'm like send me back to Korea <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going for seven weeks and I don't, I know after the first week I'm gonna be like shit okay yes this was fun for a week now i gotta go back to korea please it's six more weeks oh my god <laughs> what about you for two weeks or so i felt like a tourist i felt like okay it's like a new country i've been to and then like i need to travel around see things like Gyeongbokgung and you know all that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was doing the whole touristy thing for a week um then it hit me like what am i gonna do so there was a there's an up and down of my emotional balance there but uh, <laughs> but all in all i was in the comfort of a family and you can't really screw up there so <laughs> um does the culture shock that i had was like because we talked about age just now having to meet new people who are older than me but i can't really recognize him as a, an older person because yeah. his age is older but how he talks how he acts is just yeah. like yeah. yeah like i can't i can't like support that whole idea of yeah. gonna raise you to a yeah. hierarchy because i'm not gonna meet yeah, you. yeah you were born first right <laughs> <laughs> and you know now it's getting now it's disappearing but you know how if you're born in january of the same year you're one year older than you yeah Kind of thing i was like that i could never understand it korean age huh? right well that's that's gone what after what about, this year what about the food food i Which i always enjoy favorite food, food through all your pinball mm-hmm. career <laughs> which <laughs> right. is your favorite food um i would say like in southeast asia they have this amazing places called like hawker centers and they sell this like like most sickest most dirtiest most awful gives you a diarrhea for two weeks food yeah for 10 years <laughs> for 10 years, for 10 years. <laughs> but uh, i don't know it can I, I still have diarrhea but <laughs> singapore uh, singapore, right. singapore the, mm. the chinese market in singapore is right. fantastic i was researching the uh the sandwiches today mm-hmm. and there was one that was like a, a donkey burger or a, don- a donkey sandwich i think it was donkey burger donkey sandwich i don't know you can eat a donkey yeah i didn't know that it's a horse it's supposed to be the best tasting meat Oh, no shit. That's what they say in China. <laughs> I, I remember being blown away that people ate uh, that people ate kangaroo, but that's a standard. Uh, what about, I saw it on the cooking show. What, yeah. what about for Korean food? What's your go-to? Korean food, meat, any sort of meat, really. But that's only all you can eat in Korea, really. Like you go the dog, out, there's the a dog barbecue. Ones are really good. <laughs> dog ones, yeah, with the soup. Huh? Dog galbi. In, dog galbi. In Donggu, <laughs> there's actually a place where they give you the giblets and everything. So the woman giblets. So you guys should try it out. Oh, <laughs> the dog. The dog, yeah. No oh, shit. Wow. Last really? last one I had was when you the first three four places you mentioned here. Did did you have a chance to get out and travel around those countries, or was it strictly just school, the perimeter, perimeter, and and you know around the city? Did you did you have a chance like when you're in Malaysia? Did you go to Thailand or Singapore? I mean, they're right. They're right next door. Mm-hmm, right. We're, in Ghana, did you go anywhere other than the eastern region there, or did you have chances to travel around these places, or strictly related to one geographic area? Well, like when well, I was thirteen. Yeah, I was quite. Young. But that's what I mean. Yeah, so yeah, that's I what I mean. Enjoy. Like, so did do you ha- were you able to take two? I mean, if if international Korean kids go to Canada, then mm-hmm. they usually take the tours and right. whatever, whatever. But what about for you? Did you have that chance, or just in and out? Well. 
when I was in dormitory, there's a uh, road trips where you know, as a school, you would go like field trip kind of deal. But I would go to like Thailand or you know Singapore, or those places. But road trip to Kawasan Road, right? When you're <laughs> underage, those places are dull. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, right. So I actually never been to Thailand as, like after. I've grown up like I need to go there as a as an adult mm. and kind of see it like whole different side the dark places and all that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but dude. food, best food in the world, mm-hmm, right? Best but food in the world. When you're with a group of students and a chaperone, you can't really go anywhere, do anything. Mm. Of course, we always had like alcohol in the, in the plastic bottle and drank in the hotel. But yeah, <laughs> no doubt, of course. Mm-hmm. But awesome. yeah, in Ghana, I, mean, I was too scared because I saw like. You know, a lot of crimes and all yeah. that. I just like to stay safe. China, China. I've been to Hong Kong once to meet this chick, but mm. I couldn't speak China, like like Hokkien, so I was kind of scared there. But <laughs> dude, China. So you gotta go back to all these places. Mm-hmm. China. Right. I think if I went, I just I'd wake up in a bathtub with one kidney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's my oh, dude. China or Russia, Brazil too. Right. Those places scare the hell out of me, man. But. Uh, to be honest, I haven't even really traveled in Korea. Like, you know, in Korea, there's a lot of amazing places to go. But all Not when you come to Ulsan. It's just everyone Ulsan, falls in love and stays, man. There you go. See? You got Ulsan <laughs> Don't need to Beach. go anywhere. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> you got a whale rotting on the side, side shore going there. <laughs> That's a, it's, it's, for, it's fermenting. It's fermenting. That's going to be that's gonna be premium gogi, that's, too. Yeah, what they sell in the restaurants, right? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Dude, listen. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming by. You have a, a hell of a story, a hell of a, a life experience. Thanks for having me. Um, Beanstalk, everyone visit there if uh, if you can. Keep keep us updated, man. Keep posting Ulsan online Definitely. there. I love uh, again. I love seeing it. Love seeing people bring the community together. Glad you love Ulsan. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, I, I want to ask one last mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to teach your kids? What am I going to teach my kids? Yeah. First, I need to find a girlfriend now. <laughs> no, but if I'm ever lucky enough to have a kid, I'm going to I'll probably do the same thing like my parents did. I'm going to send them off. You know, you just do whatever. Eight years? For eight years because, yeah, I'll From be eight years. traveling with my wife, you know. <laughs> That's what my parents did. What a better, like, here you stress about the education. I've just let them go and they'll come back wise in one way or another. There you, yeah. go. you don't have to stress about anything. Like, right. What a crapshoot here. you got to worry about how many hogwans they're going to. Right. Spend all your money on them. We're gonna rename Wilson the City of Love. You said your parents. This is their their old date. Yeah. Their old dating. Uh, or where they met? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Here, right. that's oh. fun. Fantastic. The City of Love. There you go. Awesome, dude. Thanks for coming by, no guys. We'll talk to you next time. Bye bye.